0: What up, everybody? We got a podcast, and as always, each episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. All I need is passionate skaters that film, that shoot photos, that draw, that animate, that create music, that come together to produce skateboarding content, hard goods, and apparel. You can check all the creations out at allineedskate.com. And we also have a web store on there, and if you cop something from there... That goes directly into supporting the show. Thank you. Our guest today is my good friend Matt Price. Matt is the man. Enjoy. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I got to get on I got to get on it. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. This
1: is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder podcaster, and all-I-Need Skate founder, Anthony Shettler.
0: Hell yeah, Matt. What's up, man? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Sick, we're in the interweb, bro.
1: We are. Are we live right now?
0: Uh yeah, we're recording. It starts oh. right it starts right when I start the phone call usually. Wow. No pressure. Well I can always edit at the beginning, it's alright. <laughs> okay, so if, So if I sound like an idiot, you know, you can make me sound cooler. No, you already sound cool to me, bro. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Matt?
1: Uh, nothing. Sorry, I'm just plugging in my charger so my phone doesn't die in the middle of this. I uh, I just got home from work and just kind of rushed in the door to get here all set up in time. Sick. Um, well, I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, I do. No problem. I'm stoked to do it.
0: We were talking on the phone before, and where are you living right now? Portland, Oregon.
1: Uh, I'm up here working for CCS, the new owners of CCS. They're all based out of Portland, so... They asked me to come up here a few times, and I said no, and then I finally decided to do it. So here I am. Were you in Arizona prior? Yeah. Yeah, I was in Arizona. I was, I've was been, i been—I lived in Arizona my whole life except for a year and a half when I lived in Oceanside when I worked in the office at the Skateboard Mag. And then uh, I went back to Arizona for two years after that and then now here. So I've only been a couple years outside Arizona ever. So Seattle... So that
0: area where you're at is a slightly different from Arizona.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's a change for sure. It's it's fucking rain. I don't. I I learned about rain because I thought I knew about rain, but I guess I didn't know about rain.
0: Arizona gets rains. I lived in Arizona when I was younger, and we had those monsoon storms that were so sick.
1: Yeah, they're not, you get like a lot, I think it dumps all the rain for the year in like one week, so it's just like really, really, it's, it's like an extreme place, I think, and I think I like that about it, because I think, I don't, I mean, it sounds, so I'm, I'm an extreme person, but you know, it's very like, uh, <laughs> it's very like manic, like the weather there is just either like really perfect and amazing, or like just so gnarly, you know, or it's really, really dry, or else it's like soaking wet the time it rains, you know, it's just like really like, I don't know, it's, it's a... It's a place that people shouldn't live, but they do. Yeah, it's a fucking desert. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty silly. I liked living there,
0: but I got heat stroke a lot. I went to school there, and they would have me like running and like pee or whatever, and I just like wouldn't want to quit, and I'd just get heat stroke and throw up. I'd be that kid off to the side
1: you were the overachiever I was the other I was the fat kid just walking the circle I never ran that shit because I was like fuck you running is so lame
0: you were way smarter than me though I was like thrown up overheated like for no reason asshole I
1: don't, I don't know though I'll probably cut some years off my life I gotta fuck I wish I ran now I, I every now and then I'll run to try and pretend I'm healthy and I it's tough <laughs> how old are we now uh we are 30 years old i just turned 30 last month damn congrats you made it i made it i'm officially an an adult kind of <laughs> i got you beat by three years i'm 33 oh uh, you're old as fuck dude
0: dude just hurry up and catch up i'm way ahead three years ahead
1: <laughs> <exactly>.
0: <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll work on that <laughs> when's the last time dude when's the last time we've seen each other it's been fu- it's been forever
1: Oh, dude, probably, last time we saw each other probably was when you, like, World, like, when Cannon was on World, you know, and we were probably, I think we kicked it in California, maybe. We never did a trip together, because the trip I did with World, you weren't on. Yeah, but we did one back in the day, though, wasn't it a birdhouse trip, maybe? Oh, that was, like, the first time we ever hung out, yeah, it was a birdhouse trip in, like, uh, 2005, I want to say? I think it was 2005, I was, like, 19, and, uh... Yeah, we were we were young and fucking, it was right before everyone quit to go to zoo. Yeah, it was a
0: wild trip. It was one of the wildest trips.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was like one of my first trips ever. One of my first skate trips. And so we, it was just, it was
0: fucked. We were not easy on you either. We fucked with you the whole time, I remember.
1: Yeah, but not like bad. I remember like David Lloyd was on that trip and he was like fourteen and he cried a lot. So like,
0: yeah,
1: he got he got fucked with the worst. And like, I remember me and John Goman, like neither one of us really drank at the time and everyone else was partying. So like, we get fucked with a little bit. You guys like, I remember the ultimate prank. Did you remember the prank from in fucking Tucson? Chris Tremblay? was he in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trembley and Seamus fucking. Oh my god, conspired. that's kind of a long-
0: They conspired Dude. against you. They made you think that they were fighting each other wasn't that what it was
1: yeah and and we they fake kicked us out of the hotel like so i'll I'll do it i'll do it as quick as i can do it it's a good story (laughs) so we're we're in tucson on a birdhouse trip right and it's you're on the trip uh westgate was on the trip susky uh chris trembley was there john goman david Loy, me uh i don't think all and seamus uh and so we are in this hotel we're hanging out at night and we keep getting these calls from the front desk saying we're being too loud and we're like we're not even being loud, what the fuck? And like and Seamus hits us up and he's like, Hey they dude, they said they're gonna kick us out, you guys gotta quiet down and me and David and John were like, Well, oh, all right, fuck, dude, we're I don't know. And so we uh we got really quiet. We weren't being loud and then all of a sudden they just called again and were like, You guys gotta leave and Seamus was like, We got kicked out, fuck you guys and he was so mad at us and so then we all get in the van, and it was so it was freezing out. And we get in the fucking van, and the music is turned up full blast. Seamus is in the driver's seat, just so mad. And we all put our bags in, and I guess we're going to another hotel. It's like two thirty in the morning, and like I remember, Westgate was so mad he like threw his bag off the second floor. Fucking was just like pissed. And <laughs> like, uh, I
0: remember it like exploded, kind
1: of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like sort of gnarly. It was like oh shit. Like, and the whole thing was just high stress and like really awkward. And then we go drive, try to get we go to the sketchiest crack motel. Like Sheamus just finds the worst like thirty dollar a night like free HBO type fucking hotel. And uh he goes up there to see if there's rooms and we're all just like, What the fuck? And he can't get us rooms, so he comes out and him and Trembley start getting in an argument and Trembley's like, Well fuck you and he's like, Fuck you, Chris, like you shouldn't even be on this trip, you're not even on Birdhouse. Get the fuck out and he like kicks him out of the van. And I remember Trembly bought some bagels that day. And Seamus throws the bagels at him and hits him in the head. And he's like, take your fucking bagels. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just took off. And like, dude, me, Goman, and David and Westgate were just like, what the? fuck like what is happening right now and then you and Seamus I remember just started laughing dude just started fucking dying and the whole thing was just a big hoax to like fuck with us and we went back to the hotel and we still had our rooms and like it was all fake all the calls everything dude
0: the, uh, the other end of that story was me in a room with Seamus and Trembley and we're like dude it's Matt's first trip we gotta fuck with him and then like you guys were all the young dudes so we're like they're gonna fall for this so easy so the oh whole time we're just coming up with these classic things and i love that you pointed out the ac because that was the thing make it super cold in the band and then I remember it <laughs> then then makes make them fighting so it's super intense and i think we even planned the music or like some talk radio no it
1: was yeah it was npr it was NPR and it turned up full blast like as loud as it could go <laughs>
0: Dude, we we planned this shit for so long and it worked so beautifully.
1: <laughs> oh, that was it. Was it was it was a beautiful prank, and it was the kind of thing where like, I I've never been on a trip like that again, where like so much emphasis and time and energy was put into like a prank rather than like actually something productive <laughs> for the trip. But I think you guys you guys all knew you were quitting and didn't give a fuck at all. So <laughs> just
0: like... The key was like, let's go out with fun. Like, who cares? Like. this is that last trip let's enjoy it and it was just like Uh, skating and fucking around
1: (laughs) it was it was fun though man and it was a good and I remember me and Goman tried to like prank you guys back saying that like my camera broke, so we had to go reshoot a sequence, and he was gonna pretend to hurt his ankle, and we, like, failed so miserably yeah. at it, like... Yeah, no way, you can't
0: fool us, man. We, were, we came up with that elaborate prank, like, that shit's I amateur, know. son.
1: <laughs> oh, we were we were so amateur, dude, we were fucking, we didn't know, but we, we had to try, we had heart, you know, we had to fucking go for it.
0: We broke you in pretty good, dude, every other trip after that must have been, like, felt like going downhill.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were never as fun, for sure, but, <laughs> cool. uh...
0: <laughs> well, I, I have I have a whole list, Matt. We haven't we've barely even touched it. So oh, great! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into some of this right now. So we Did already cut. Tu- we already kind of touched on it. You're from Arizona originally.
1: Yeah, uh, Arizona, born and raised in Mesa, which is like a suburb of Phoenix, about like 20 minutes from downtown Phoenix, and then uh, moved to Tempe when I got old enough to like live on my own, and because Tempe is kind of like the college town where like a lot of the skate scene is, like Cowtown Skate Shop is there, and nice. you know some. It was more like just where all the homies wanted to live, kind of, so, yeah, moved to Tempe, and then uh, I worked for the Skateboard Mag from when I was 19 to when I was about 28, just just shy of 10 years, I worked, I mean, I still, like, am down with those dudes, I'm still on the staff list of the magazine and stuff, and I, nice. I do, like, shit for them, but, uh, yeah, I was, like, a just full-time Skateboard Mag dude for most of that time, and uh, it was cool, Swift, Steve Swift, like, let me live in Arizona, and work for the Mag, so that was pretty fun. How did you get hooked up with them originally, like, how do you get into that job? Uh, so I was on a skateboard photography website, so I was kind of, I don't know if this is audacious to say, but I think I was the first product of the internet as far as skateboard, as skateboard media goes. Like, I think I, so like video streaming wasn't really there yet. So videos hadn't like switched to the internet and photos, there was no social media really yet. You know, like there was like, maybe there was Friendster at that point or something, but it wasn't like. None of that shit had happened. Magazines were still king, full-length videos, and there was a skateboard website uh, these German dudes started called skateboardphotography.com, and it basically, uh, it was just a community of skateboard photographers all over the world, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I was terrible at it. I was like 15 or 16, and I had a camera, and I had like saved up money and bought a cheap fisheye, and uh, but my photos sucked, and I started posting them on, they had a critique section. Nice. And I started posting them in the critique section, and I would get just dude dudes were mean like you know skateboarders on the internet dude like they're fucking mean ass like,
0: shot fucking ass shot dude yeah. doesn't even know what side to shoot the guy on
1: yeah like colors fuck these are the boys colors make me want to fucking puke like dude <laughs> fuck off, you know just like really harsh shit and i was just like 15 16 like what the fuck these guys are awful I mean, <laughs> but it, it was good you know it like it lit a fire and i tried i like there was all these tutorials on there and how to's and it was like super like just insightful and I learned kind of how to shoot from reading that stuff and like I, I I would go back out and shoot another role and then post it and dudes would be like oh yeah this is a little better you know and then as I posted more the the guys who knew what they were doing started to like hate me less and realize that I was like all right and they would give me tips and and I became close friends with a lot of them and like we started you know AOL Instant Messenger remember and that was like the shit yeah and you would, like, so I became friends all with all those dudes on AIM, like, dudes from all over the world, skate photographers. And they would, we would all share tips with each other and just, like, talk about skate photos and send them back and forth. And it was this really fucking cool community. And it was kind of the first of its kind as far as skateboarding and the internet goes. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of learned to shoot from these dudes that I'd never even met in real life and from this website. And then, uh, yeah, sorry, through that, uh, Grant Britain was a member of the site, but he had, like, a secret name. Nice. And I remember, like... Hearing like, dude, you know that dude? His name was Stick on the site. It was S T I C K, and it was like Stick is Grant Britain. And I was like, no fucking way, no, it's not. And everyone's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I just like sent him a message and was like, hey, uh, I heard you're Grant Britain. If you are, can I have the address of the skateboard mag? I want to send photos. And this was like about a year or two into my like time on that site, and I had kind of learned what I was doing. I took out uh, a loan through my grandma through the bank and bought like a Hasselblad and like worked and paid it off and shit. So nice. I had like. I had I had one flash I bought from Matt McCarrow, this other skate photographer who sold me some more gear. So I kind of, like, had my shit a little more dialed. I knew what I was doing a little more, and I just sent Grant, and Grant was like, yeah, sure. He gave me the address, and I sent a sheet of slides, and uh, they fucking, they ran one from the first batch I ever sent them, a photo of Levi Brown. Mm. And, Levi, and, like, no one knew who Levi was at the time. I did not expect to get anything wrong. I thought it was just going to be, like, a critique, and he was like, oh, yeah. Uh, what's this? Because I sent them with no names, no information. <laughs> genius, genius. Well, I, I didn't think there was any chance of them getting run. I thought there's no way in hell they'd run my photos of, like, these random Arizona dudes. Stick, saw your, photo. Stick saw your photo and got hyped, dude. <laughs> Stick was down. And, uh, yeah, he showed them to Dave Swift, and they were just like, yeah, let's put this in the issue. And I was like, wait, what? And then after that, like, I kind of, I guess I was kind of ambitious as a kid. And I knew that, like, oh, shit, this is, like this is the type of momentum you need to roll with. So I instantly planned a trip. I drove out to California, like a few weeks later to meet those dudes and hang out with them. And, uh, Oh, before that, even Dave Swift came to Arizona and he made it a point to meet me, which was really Whoa. cool. He like, he told me like, Hey, come meet here. I want to, I want to hang out. And like, I kicked it with Swift and we're kind of similar and we got along really well. And uh, so then, yeah, after that, immediately I went out to California and I went like every month for a couple of months. Cause I was like, I had just graduated high school. I had like a part-time job that, it's kinda of what I was shooting for the the value clipper. It was a paper that did coupons and I <laughs> shot photos for them. Like they would I don't know, someone would buy an ad for, like, pool cleaning, and it, their ad buy package would come with one free photo, and I was the photographer, and I'd go to, like, shoot a photo of a pool or something. Nice, <laughs> that's shit. sick.
0: I never even knew and, that was a job. Sick.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was, like, ten bucks an hour, you know? Which, I mean, when you're fucking barely out of high school, ten bucks an hour at the time, well, oh, that's fine. Down for that. Crushing it, crushing it. And, uh, and uh yeah, so I was, I, and it was pretty lenient. They let me kind of take these long weekends and shit, and so I kind of would just go out there with a... Uh, Like, me and Marty Murawski would go out all the time. He was, like, my crew, me and Levi Brown would go to California. We would kind of just – because they were kind of flowed for companies at the time. So it was, like, it was good for all of us to go out there and just be seen and be around. And, yeah, I would always make it a point to go to the skateboard mag and hang with those dudes. And after – Sorry to
0: cut you off, but it's kind of no. funny. It's funny to, like, think of, like, photography kind of, like, in the same aspect as skating. Like, the dudes on the message boards are hating because they're kind of protective of, like, what they do and they care a lot yeah. about it. So they're kind of, like, and then they accept you in.
1: Like, I never really thought about that for any much other things. It's kind of funny to think, look at it that way. Totally, and it parallels the same, like, the same trajectory. It's, like, at that point, I was kind of, like, flow. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like... <laughs> Those dudes would buy me film, and they nice. would they would give me – and I but, and I would get paid if I got stuff running in the magazine, but I wasn't on retainer. But, like, I knew that I had the chance because I was in, so it was like – it's the same as, like, if you're a flow kid and you live somewhere random, like, you really need to make it a point to go out to where the company is that's flowing you and be around those dudes because you got to get to know them, and they'll figure out real quick if you're right or not right, you know, and I think it's uh, – you know, I, I had seen a lot of dudes in skating, not do that. Like in Arizona, just kind of hang out and get boards and nothing ever came of it. And I always thought I was stupid because California was a fucking six hour drive away to LA, you know, it's just like, just go there, like yeah. save some gas money and just go. And so, yeah, so I just kind of like took advantage of that, that I could do that. And, you know, I fucking went for it and yeah, yeah. those dudes asked me to work for them when I was 19 and it blew my fucking mind and. They changed my life forever, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, what did your parents think about all this? Oh, they were—they were, they were stoked. My dad, when I was in high school, my dad wasn't like insanely stoked on, on skating. He was like never bummed on it, but I don't think he really understood the value of what I was doing, and because I didn't share it with him, I was like I was pretty guarded about it and quiet about skating. Why? And Why? I don't. I just didn't think he gave a shit or would care, or I just. I don't know why. He was just being a dumb teenager and just kind of like maybe I was being punk and thought I was like, "Fuck you, this is for me," you know, whatever. And uh, so I, and he he never saw my photos, and then one he used to get on me about g- bad grades pretty heavily. Like he would get really pissed when I'd get like, you know, below anything below a three point was unacceptable for him. You know, it's not like it wasn't some crazy high standard. Like you have to get straight A's, but it was like. You're not stupid. You can at least pull bees, and if you can't, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So, like, he uh, he would always get really mad, and I'd be afraid to show my report cards to him, whatever. And then ev- after I showed him skate photos that I was shooting, and he saw that they were kind of good, and I kind of knew what I was doing, and I was actually, like, progressing at something and learning and had this kind of, like—it uh, wasn't just me just fucking around after school and getting in trouble— Uh, he never, the lat, my senior year of high school, he like totally chilled out on the grades thing and he didn't really, he didn't trip. He didn't care. And I mean, I think I got like a 2.8 and I was super scared, like, oh shit, he's going to be so mad. And he was just like, oh, that's fine. You're doing other things. And it was like, whoa, really? And then, yeah, from there, when I got the job, like I told my dad, when the first skateboard mag ever came out, issue one, it was like, dude, it was pinnacle. It was like, that's the best. For me, when I saw it, I was like, that's the best magazine. This is my goal, my goal in life is to work for this magazine, which seemed like such a lofty goal, and then literally to two years later, being like, "Hey, guess what? I work for that magazine now, yeah <laughs> it was like sick. my my parents were tripping, and they were stoked, and it was just like you know they've they've been really supportive, you know they're they're pretty liberal, they're pretty artsy, and I think the fact you know it all kind of blended together well, but
0: all right that three things one is what do your parents do
1: uh my dad is in marketing. My dad, uh, he was, at the time, he was the marketing director for the city we lived in, for the city of Mesa, yes.
0: and
1: so then after that, he got into marketing for colleges. He was worked at community colleges being the marketing director for the, so marketing for him, and uh, my mom has done a ton of things. She was a drama teacher for a while. Whoa. Uh, she was a massage therapist. Right now, she has her own massage business in San Clemente, where they live, and uh, she, I grew up in plays. Like, my mom, my dad would write plays, and my mom would direct them. Wow. And, like, I was in, like, a lot of musical theater and shit growing up. So, like, Can my you whole sing? Family Can you sing? I, kind of. Not very well. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to, but I just want to know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's people out there that have sung karaoke with me. And when I sing karaoke with homies, everyone usually is like, wow, you're, like, pretty good. And it's, like, it's only because it's surprising. I'm not, like, actually a good singer, <laughs> but I think I'm better than you'd expect. Maybe, yes. you know? That's better but, than uh, me. That's better than me. See, I guess it's better than most. Um. <laughs> But yeah, and I and I do like I like singing karaoke because of that because I have that background so it's like I'm not uncomfortable to go in front of people and sing or act or any of that shit you know I grew up on stage and my sisters all acted growing up and like my mom was pregnant with me on a sh- in a show and she fell on stage and her water broke and right. I almost was like born on stage that's like, so God. dramatic that's so <laughs> it, dramatic. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that would
0: have been so epic that would have been an. that's like the intro to your life that's pretty awesome on stage totally.
1: yeah I like it but it's all like that was the early part of my life too like I took my first steps in the green room of that theater you know like I was like I was just raised heavily in theater and like and visual and like performing arts you know that was kind of like a really big thing so that's probably you know why I'm not afraid to, like, get on a microphone and talk or go sing karaoke or be in videos and shit like that, you know? Yeah,
0: and you speak very well, I'm sure, because you've practiced.
1: (laughs) Sometimes. I get, a lot of people on the internet say I have a lisp, and every now and then someone points it out, and I kinda do, but it's leave it to the internet for people to be like, this fat piece of shit has a lisp, fuck this guy, and I'm like, oh, alright.
0: Alright, I'll say, I didn't notice a lisp at all, so, that's, I'm on the internet right now talking to you, and I don't notice a lisp. (laughs) So. we'll wait
1: we'll wait for the comments on this we'll see what they say <laughs> yeah. sorry but, we'll see what we'll see what they say
0: <laughs> that was pretty good
1: <laughs> all right Ew. um
0: also i want to say the cover of the first skateboard mag had danny way on it right Mm-hmm. dude that cover was sick i remember when that first issue came out and they like made the big move to do that magazine
1: and so cool that whole issue was unreal it was like it was so far beyond any other magazine at the time. And, like, Transworld was great, and I love Transworld. That's what I grew up on. And I I, I always had respect for Thrasher as a kid. I, I subscribed to it, you know, and Slap was cool. I think Slap was a little too artsy for me as a kid. You know, it was a little out there when you're young, you don't get it. And, like, Big Brother was just insane, but it was fun. But, like, skateboarder. Skateboard Meg was – oh, yeah, Skateboarder was always – read really good photos on Skateboarder and, like – but for and Transworld was the most accessible, you know, as a kid, so, like, it's just those dudes, and the photography in it. Like to see a skateboard magazine and have the photos be on par with like all the other magazines on the rack at like the grocery store. Yeah. Like it, it looked it was it was like the quality of it was like a fashion magazine. You know, it was like the quality was like up to par with magazines that had probably budgets like a hundred times as big. You know, yeah. it was it was pretty pretty just rad, and they had such a cool voice and all those dudes you can just tell you know it was like run by skaters who wanted something a little better they just wanted something that was nicer for themselves or for their industry and yeah it fucking blew my mind the Danny Way piece was insane not hard hard to relate for me as a kid but just it was just unreal and so like fun and then I remember the Cairo Foster interview that John Humphrey shot was like it was all black and white it was all like darker printed. I think it looked so sick
0: it was like i'm sure like every trick that cairo was doing was really gnarly and a lot of pop and like taller than most or oh just
1: yeah the best shit he's just one of those dudes everything he does is amazing and like he him whenever you get your fit for me as a photographer when you get your favorite skater paired with your favorite and humphreys was at the time for sure my favorite photographer one of my all-time favorites like getting one of your favorite skaters paired with your favorite photographer for a piece for an interview is just like ooh, it's like I mean, it's such a nerdy photographer thing to say, but it's like, (laughs) that's the best shit.
0: No, I'm backing it fully. (laughs) I love it. So did, how did, um,
1: how did photography,
0: did, did you start shooting with skateboarding? Or what did you first start shooting?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't give a shit about photography beyond skateboarding for, like, the first fucking five (laughs) or six years I did it. Like, I did not, I was never like, oh, I want to, like, document life. I was like, I want to document skateboarding. Like, I... I only cared about skateboarding and I just wanted to like, that's whether it was video or photo or talking or writing or anything I was doing was about skating. So I didn't even like, I was really bad at shooting portraits in the beginning. I wouldn't shoot lifestyle. I'd come back from trips and Grant would be like, where's your lifestyle photos? I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I
0: forgot. Like, <laughs> you, you were in the trenches the whole time shooting photos, skate f-
1: flicks. <laughs> I was. and I And if I wasn't shooting a skate photo, I wanted to be skating. So I would just like. On trips, I'd be like skating flat while everyone was skating the spot until they were ready to shoot. Or we'd be at a park and I'd be skating instead of like, you know, being at Templeton documenting like cool park life and shit. You know, I was just like way too busy just wanting to like do kick flips and shit. You're full on skate rat. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was. That was. I was hooked, man.
0: That's good. It's good to get that out of the way or just get into it, and you know. Totally, it's... it's. I that's mean, probably I, why every skater want. Like, I know everyone that I've ever talked to that knows you is like, yeah, he's awesome, and I think because you skated with him. I think that, like, if you skate with someone, that's how you, like, get invited to a lot of things and good things happen. Yeah.
1: I think it's, like, I mean, it's funny because you don't do it because of this reason, but it's, like, good job security. Like, you... I don't know, man. No one's going to have... I mean, I'm not good at skating, but I love it, and I try hard, and, like, I, you know, I learn tricks, and I try and progress always, and just because that's the fun of it, and I think even when you're not that good, uh, other you know, other skaters just can tell. They're like, oh, yeah, you skate in a way that, like, you love it the way I love it, and when you have that, like, mutual respect, there's, like, a the desire to shoot with someone. You know, that's why I think everyone fucking now loves shooting with Arto. Like, how sick is it that, like, your yeah. favorite skater growing up is now, like, one of the best photographers out? And, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, of course I want to go shoot with him. He fully gets what I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah, you know? he's, he's probably in the moment as much as they're in the moment.
1: Oh, he, he's done he's done what I'm doing maybe right this – he's actually maybe done something gnarlier than what most For
0: people sure, people not maybe, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. And that's actually – maybe that's intimidating. But I also think that's, like, why he's having – you know, he's obviously an amazing photographer. He's learned really, like, to shoot incredible photos in, a, like, such a fast amount of time too. But, like – I think that part of the reason that he's like you know so sought after now is because it's rad. He like you know for a, you know you're getting a skateboarder shooting yeah. your photo, and yeah. that is you know that's cool. And I think there's a, a handful of skate photographers that like kind of skate and they could take it or leave it, and they don't really like love it as much. And I think it comes through in their photos, and it also comes through in when you see people and who they want to deal with. You know I've you know I've had people skaters be like oh yeah I don't like shooting with that guy. He just it's weird. And it's ultimately, I feel like it all comes back to the fact that they're not as skating as the person they're shooting is. So they just have different mindset about how the whole process should go.
0: Yeah, I've experienced that firsthand for sure. Totally. That's part of the game for sure. Um. All right, let me see. So how did you first get your first board or how did you find out about skateboarding in Arizona <laughs> in the desert?
1: Uh, My neighbors, I think I saw it just like you know, random shit on TV. I, the first skateboarding I remember seeing was on like the Christian channel, just flipping through channels. I didn't grow up like God crazy. Bless. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't grow up. Like, it's not like I was like watching it. Cause that's what I watched. It was like, I was flipping through and I saw skating at a park and I remember being like, Oh, cool. And I do know. You know what it was actually? It wasn't that, that was the time when I learned how to Ollie because, so I guess I saw skating just from kids in my neighborhood. I remember my neighbors had a board, a Walmart board, and I, I bought it from them. I had some birthday money, and they sold it to me for, like, 15 bucks. And that was, like, my first board. And then my mom bought me a board at Christmas. But then a little bit after that, the first time – I'd never seen skating, though, on, t- on like, a, a video or, you know, seeing it on TV or anything. And I remember uh, seeing – this one dude in my neighborhood told me to Ollie. He was, I was like, how do you Ollie? You know? And he was like, you push down on your tail and then push down on your nose. So – I was doing that for, like, eight months. Like, you doing, I didn't like,
0: do-do-do-do, like, like, a penguin Yeah, wall. like,
1: teeter-totter <laughs> shit. And, like, I didn't, have, I didn't have brothers. I didn't have any family that skated. You know what I mean? I didn't have any. It was so just me. You know, it was so solo. And I didn't know. So for eight months, I was skating in my front yard as, like, a 10-year-old trying to do this ollie that wasn't an ollie. And then someone taught me about sliding my foot. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I was figuring it out. But that guy who taught me about sliding my foot said, don't hit your tail on the ground
0: oh bullshit bullshit man
1: he specifically told me that and then i was like all right fuck so i tried that for like another six months so like there was a whole year of my skateboarding where i just didn't know the nuts and bolts of it and it was really frustrating but for whatever reason i didn't give up i wanted it like so bad and then i saw the fucking christian channel and they were skating and i saw these dudes hitting their tails and popping all these over hips
0: Oh shit! and i was
1: like I was like, maybe that guy Jason is wrong. I've been lied to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which you're like, well, no, he's like three years older than me. He clearly knows, you know, and you're like, and then so I, I hit my tail and it, I made it happen. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it was just like, dude, it was the best. I remember there was a point too, like I all, just, I I was a slow learner. I was a huge pussy. So I was afraid to try a lot of stuff. And I remember just like having the realization at age 11 that, like, I could do ollies and I could do 180s. And I remember just being like, man, you know what? I'll probably never be able to kickflip, but I'm <laughs> totally happy with that. I have so much fun just doing this shit. I don't even care. Like, I was a conversation I had with myself. <laughs> I was a pretty deep
0: 10-year-old, I guess. <laughs> Damn, but that's an important conversation to have. You found your
1: limit early on. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then I think back to how stupid I was because now it's like, you know fucking of course you can kick flip you can tray flip fucking you know nollie hard flips like all these tricks that once you skate long enough you just end up doing everything at least once and i think back and like here i was thinking i would just never be able to kick flip and was not even bummed on it i was just like oh
0: cool that's fine <laughs> hell, hell yeah that's awesome though because then everything yeah, after like a, everything after that is like a um like a bonus trick because you're like i only thought i could totally. you know
1: and then it's like kickflip, tray flip nollies you got nollie flips Oh, yeah. I, got, I mean, I say, oh, yeah. I don't have, like, great. I've gone Cunky. through cases where they've been good, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so arrogant. So arrogant. Yo, you give,
1: me, you give me a week and my flat ground game is going to be on point.
0: Nice, dude. You want to play skate if we ever see each other again?
1: Yeah, I'll play you skate for we- sure. Dude, you know, uh, sorry to go back to that birdhouse trip, that first trip, David Loy was 14 and he was being like, David, let's play skate. And he wouldn't play me because he knew I'd beat him, and he <laughs> he didn't play me the entire trip. Cause he knew I'd beat him, and he was he just was a pussy about it. it that's why fun. he got
0: that's why he got so much shit on that trip. It was stuff like that that he kept doing, and you're like, come on, dude, come on. <laughs>
1: oh, he he was like my first experience with like a shitty little kid that I was like, oh my god, this kid's the worst. And then he grew into like, it's like because I never had a little brother, and that's what like a little brother is when he's little, you think he's the worst and he's annoying, and then he grows up and you're like, ah, he's still like David's still. Totally annoying to me sometimes, and we we go back and forth. Like I love him; he's like a little brother, you know. And he's he's definitely grown out of that a little bit.
0: And but it's funny because it's, it's like you know he doesn't mean any harm, you know. It's like nah, yeah, you know, what I mean? that's what a little brother is <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what are you drinking, man?
1: Uh, I got a fucking juice from down. So like, I'm actually just today starting a two week like detox. Like I'm trying to. I know it's such like a fucking. I'm in Portland doing like a cool European detox. Hippie. No, um, but uh. I'm just trying not to drink for two weeks or not eat any bread and, like, sugar and shit like that. So, I mean, I can do fruit sugar. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, so on the way here, I was like, man, I want to, like, grab a beer and sit down and do this interview with Anthony. And I was like, fuck, I don't, want, I can't drink beer right now. So I went and got, like, a, a fresh-squeezed juice from the grocery store below my house, and I'm trying to pretend like it's beer. It's, like, my relaxing drink right now. Nice. Is it working? Uh, yeah, it's not, it, You know, it's it's more about when you're having this type of conversation. It's more about the the cadence of like putting something up to your mouth and setting it down, and you know, there you go. You got your coffee mug. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's awesome. Why, why did you want to try this out? Just
1: out of curiosity. What the drink?
0: Like the um, you said you're doing like um yeah like oh a, the
1: de- the detox thing. I just am too fat right now. I like I like him fucking. I mean, I've always been heavy. But I've been heavier at certain times and a little lighter. Like I was, my peak weight was like 260 at one point, and it's funny because at 260 I was probably skating better than I. Actually, that's not true. Now I'm probably skating better than I ever have. But I was skating really well at 260 for me. Yeah, my flat ground was on point. I was like learning tricks. I like didn't. I didn't feel terrible, and then I started having like heart, like, heart palpitations that weren't, they were totally benign, it was normal, but it, like, scared the shit out of me, yeah. and I, like, decided I needed to clean my shit up, so, like, I dieted pretty hard for, like, six months, and I lost, like, 40 pounds, and I got down to, like, 219, and then, uh, I don't know, I've just slowly been putting weight back on, I'm, like, 245 right now, and I just, I really want to get back down and get to 200, so, and I keep, like, now that I have, like, a full-time job, there's less time to go skate and be active, and I just fucking I don't know. I kind of hit a wall. I live with my fiance, and you know, when you get in a relationship and you're in love, you both, you know, you, everything's. There's one more element of like, ah, let's just get Taco Bell tonight. You know, it's someone Netflix else to be like, yeah, Netflix
0: and chill. Exactly, chill.
1: It's sadly the chill does not burn as many calories as
0: you'd hope. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's awesome you're doing this because then you'll have a different perspective. You can try this out, see what, see how it is. You know.
1: I I hope, I'm just, I want to try, I mean, again, this is day one, I fucking, I'll I'll let you know if I make it to two weeks, (laughs) because we'll Well, see.
0: I put out an episode a week, so I'm going to be able to follow it now, because I'll know from, like, your episode on. That's
1: true, you'll know how, and yeah, I'm just hoping it, like, cleans the slate, gets me, like, in a place right just like all right like look how much better you feel after two weeks of eating and you know eating healthy and then it's like okay then you can kind of use that as your platform but I also have a rare two or three weeks at home right now which it's really hard to travel and be healthy that's like the hardest the yeah. hardest thing in skating and I mean not, it's never an excuse but I definitely notice that I'll go on spurts where I'll be good and I'll, I'll notice I'll lose like five or seven pounds and I'll get really stoked and then I go on like back-to-back trips and you're just off the rails by that point.
0: Yeah, I do that on trips, too. I eat really shitty because I feel like I, like, because it's, like, you're on a road trip. It's, like, this is totally. It's easy to give in to it and just eat, like, super shitty. <laughs> oh, dude, when
1: you're when you're in a van and, like, you're, like, bored as shit and you're driving for, like, six to eight hours on a, you know, some trips for, like, six to eight hours a day you'll be driving. And then you're, like, every time you stop at a gas station, it's, like, the only excitement is, like, what kind of candy am I going to get or what, what fucking <laughs> snack am I going to eat now? Like...
0: <laughs> Speaking like a true veteran, my friend. <laughs> uh,
1: I've been there too. I mean, I don't. I'm not in the van as much these days. I'm more like my trips are not like you know ten day long road trips. They're like three three day trips to L. A. for like this, you know, for a little like for a trade show or for just to go meet with people or film some content stuff for CCS. And but it's it's definitely still the same thing. mean, you break your routine and all hell breaks loose. You know, yeah. every. You hear it from every person, like, addicts, you know, you always hear about it, people that are recovering addicts are just, like, if they, they're, like, terrified to break the routine, and I get it, for, I mean, I don't get it, I'm not a, I'm not comparing being fat and addicted to junk food to, like, actually being addicted to drugs, mate, mate. but I could see it, you know, like, I can see similarities, and I know that, like, the routine is, like, they swear by it, because you need it, you know, and I, I think that, I don't know, I've never had
0: a lot of routines, so,
1: yeah. I'm did you trying.
0: did you ever have a moment? Because my homie Ramsey, he's this he- heavy set guy that skates. He's like my best friend, and he shreds. And uh, mm-hmm. we had a moment where I could see him losing weight, and uh, I could tell he wasn't falling as much. He re- like because as a heavy set dude, when he would lose his balance, he would just go down real quick because he had no choice. Oh yeah. But as he lost weight, yeah, I realized he started taking that extra step and being able to catch himself and not take those slams. And I saw the moment where he realized that. I was like, whoa, gnarly. Yeah. He realizes he doesn't have to just go down. Did you ever have a moment like that? Totally.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not so much – I try not to fall at all costs, so I got really good at running out of shit. But yes. I noticed with sticking tricks, it's like there was – when I'm heavier, <clears throat> like when I was at my peak, I could stick a trick fucking 30 times and not roll a stick it bolts. And somehow just there's too much weight twisted in one way or the other way. And then, yeah, 40 pounds lighter – it was easier for me, like, to land things sketchy, but still, like, kick turn out of it and not fall off, you know, and just be like, because it, dude, I remember having sessions where it was, there was times where it was frustrating. I remember, like, hard flips are one where, like, I, one night I stuck, like, I probably stuck 50 hard flips and didn't roll away from a single one. I could not do it, and I was so pissed, and it was awful, and I mean, I assume that has something to do with being fat, because, I don't know, 50 well, times is a lot of times to not roll away. Yeah, but well, let's be, <laughs> let's be fair, the trick's called a hard flip so that's true that's and 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 you know what i never thought i'd get there so I, it's all bonus right
0: <laughs> that's true see what i'm saying <laughs> forever paying off forever yeah, paying it's off. All,
1: it's all bonus from here
0: <laughs> all right right. second all right i'm gonna go through my list i want to cross off it. some of the stuff okay I'll so
1: some, some beet juice
0: um so the skateboard mag we did that how long did you say you worked for them for 10 years yeah, just
1: about 10 I was I was on staff as a photographer for seven or eight and then worked in the office for about a year and a half as a photo editor. I got promoted uh, to, like, office staff when I was 26, I believe, and did that for 27. I don't know. and did that for a little bit, and then, yeah, after that kind of uh, – they did the transition to the barracks, you know, and I just kind of – you know, I it was just – not that it was going in a bad direction or anything. I still, i so I love those dudes, and I think the mag looks really good right now, better than it has in a long time. I just, you know, I felt like with that, it was kind of a good time for me to just branch out and try something new. And it was, uh, you know, it was scary. It was like that was my identity, you know, and that yeah. was the dream. It was the dream job. When you only have one dream and one goal, you're like, you get it, and it's rad. And then all of a sudden, you kind of like, you know, you get to that point where you're ready to do something else, and you're like. Well, fuck i didn't have any other goals or dreams <laughs> like, yeah you yeah. never plan for that
0: <laughs> yeah man sometimes it, was, it uh... takes that f- fixation and that obsession to like get as far as you do with it
1: you can't even really focus on what's
0: after it you know
1: totally yeah you, and you get there and and it's sad when i think it becomes for me it became with the internet it became a different job my dream job was to be like the photo editor or the editor of the skateboard mag and like but then all of a sudden when i got that job it was like you know, the magazine was small. There wasn't a lot of photo editing to do. And a lot of it was web content and web video stuff. And at the time I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just, that wasn't like, that was a hard thing for me. And it it just was, you know, it all went in this direction. And now I've, I've come to terms with it. And I do a lot of that web content stuff now, because that's just where the industry is. And I realized that I can't be an idealist and sit around and say, well, I should be able to just take skate pictures and get paid good money for it. Like, that's just not how it works for a lot of dudes these days. And you got to adapt and I, you know, whatever. So I kind of realizing that that job doesn't exist anymore within skating kind of was, was hard and it was a bummer and it was kind of like, fuck, I prepared my whole young life to do this job for the rest of my life, hopefully. And now that job really isn't a thing. Now I have to be a social media manager. And at the time I was just not wanting to do that. And I mean, that's what I do now. So, fuck <laughs> well
0: you got like well you you had a 10-year run where you did that did you go on a lot of trips
1: yeah yeah i got a lot of travel that was cool too i got like because i worked for ipath for a little bit too when i worked for the skateboard mag for three years when uh ipath got bought by timberland and it kind of fell apart and then uh ohio dave was the team manager and he was ultimately the brand manager he was making a lot of calls and he brought me in and he he let me help build the team with him, which was really cool. It was my first experience being involved in marketing, really more than just shooting photos. And we got to give, you know, we got to show the world, fucking jaws and Ben Rayborn and Ryan lay and Ryan Reyes. Those were like, those were our four young dudes that we wanted to bring up underneath Fred Gall and Kenny Reed and Matt Rodriguez and all like the legends. And we were doing, I think we were doing a good job at it. And it was really starting to pick up steam. We were getting back in shops that were dry, had dropped IPath before. And then, uh, And then Timberland sold it to some other company, and they just fucked everything up royally. Uh, That always
0: hurts when you apply so much effort into something, and you can see it starting to take traction. You know it takes a while to – things you implement take a while to grow too, you know, like to feel the impact. I've had that happen before too, and then you're like, oh, and just pulled the rug out from under you.
1: Yep, and in skate, like you know, it's like, I mean – it's a minimum, like five year plan on shit. You know, it's like I mean, you really have to know. You have to be able to see the big picture and see the growth pattern like far out because it's not an it's not a boat that you can turn over. You know, turn you turn around, whatever the, the term is for, <laughs> for yeah, steering yeah, exactly. the ship. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and it's not like skaters are stubborn and it takes them a while to kind of like figure out or, or pay attention to things they weren't paying attention to. And I I know firsthand because I'm like that. You know, so I I, I get that and I think that. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I'm glad it worked out for all those dudes that we were, you know, trying to get in the mix and they're all fucking killing it now. And it's super awesome to see that. And it was like Dave's vision that like kind of turned into my vision because it was his. And it was cool, though. It taught me a lot about like, like just that five year thing. Dave would always talk about the five year thing, the five. And it's like. All, he always thought about things that, in the future, and he was really good at that, and I think it really, it shows, you know, those dudes he was psyched on, that we were psyched on together, ended up being, you know, pretty rad dudes as far as skating goes. Yeah.
0: all very classic people, for sure. And great
1: dudes, and great dudes in general. The way I just said that made it sound like they're like dickheads, but they're not, like they're all, they're all my best <laughs> friends. They're great at skating, and they have awesome careers, and they're like, you know, good friends still, so that's well, cool. A lot
0: of them, a lot of that was your influence, getting them on the team, I
1: imagine. Homies from Arizona? Certain dudes, yeah. I remember I would definitely pushed for, like, you know, but also it was a matter of just introducing, like, Jaws to Dave, and Dave was like, oh, fuck, Jaws is the best dude ever. Like, Same. he rules, and he's he's going to be a huge success. And, like, Ryan Leigh was another one that, like, I pushed really hard for because Ryan was one of my best friends, and Ryan's one of the best skateboarders I've ever seen touch a skateboard. Like, if you ever seen – obviously, you see his parts, but if you see him skate in person, too, it's, like, unreal. And uh, And Ryan Reyes was another one that was – Came on a little later. Rayborn was Dave's. Dave just had, was backing Rayborn really hard when he was young and I got to know him through those trips and it became really apparent to me, you know, that Ben was going to be this awesome thing too. And we just, we had such a good, the stoke was high because we were like, fuck these kids rip. And, uh, I don't know, plugging those dudes with, uh, with Freddie and Kenny and Matt Rob, these like legendary guys kind of was a really good way for them to come up. You know, it gave them some humility It really, like, you know, dude, can you imagine being 14 and going on a trip with Fred Gall to get put in your place? Like, that's, like, that's a pretty good way to fucking just start out your skate career, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, dude, that roster is such an awesome, like, collection of style and like, shredding. It's not like, um, cookie cutter by any means. You guys had a really sick crew right there.
1: Yeah, it was, it was unique, man, and it was a fun. And, and the reason I thought on that tangent was because you asked about travel. Then a lot of – I traveled a lot for the Skateboard Mag, but I traveled a lot, a lot for iPath in those three years because they were big on international travel. You know, Dave was – Dave thought it was important to, like, get out to new places and really, like, try and – I mean, we weren't, like, going insane places, but, like, places like – we went to Thailand a bunch, you know. We got to go to Argentina. We got to – there was a lot of just cool, more exotic places we got to travel to that you know some companies do go to but not all of you know a lot of companies don't and i think uh i don't know it was that old school vibe it was like the 411 travel issue you know yeah. like fucking dream and he appreciated that and understood it and so did we and he was able to like take a small budget and make it into like a lot of really cool trips and we all kind of like we understood that you know we we worked you know we were all working for timberland at one point and going on trips and eating taco bell <laughs> so like <laughs> Because the whole thing was like, all right, we can eat Taco Bell all year and go on four international trips, or we can fucking have nice dinners and go on three international trips, you
0: know? Steak and lobster and three trips. Is that what it would be? Yep, and,
1: and, you know, at the time, all of us were like, fuck that, more trips. You know, we were all super down and just didn't give a shit, and we were partying a lot, and it was fucking – it was just fun, man. It was a – it was a blurry few years, but it was really awesome. <laughs> Thinking about those that crew of people you had, and then you're
0: shooting them in these other, like Thailand and stuff like that, it must be like yeah. a photographer's wet dream for sure.
1: Oh, i yeah, i probably said that about. There's this one specific photo of Kenny Reed that I shot that was like my fantasy photo that I grew up like. You know, the, the photo didn't exist till I shot it, but once I shot it, I knew that was like the photo of my childhood when like it was like in Bangkok on this roller coaster epic spot that was like a fucking like, a spot that doesn't exist anywhere, and it's Kenny doing, like, a flip all fucking, like, feet, like, flipped upside down, you know, just all crazy, like, Kenny style, and it was just one of those things that I grew up with, that, that type of photo, and it was just super cool that, oh, shit, I got to shoot that type of photo, that's yeah. pretty rad, you know, and now it's really cool to look back on that stuff and have all that, I mean... Shooting with fucking skaters with good style is the easiest thing in the world, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you mix it up.
0: You go to Thailand. You have this bridge spot or something. and It's like you see the spot and you're like, "This is amazing in itself." And then you have one of this one of the stylish people for sure. That is the totally. wet dream. That's the wet dream for sure. <laughs> it is. It's my. It's,
1: I. I have a boner just talking about it right now.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good transition into what you're doing now. <laughs> what am, am
1: I? Is
0: my supposed to jack off now? Is that? What you're <laughs> Um so how how do we make the transition to what you're doing now with CCS? Um so
1: <clears throat> sorry. So after I left, kinda like wasn't gonna, you know, get paid from the mag anymore and I kinda decided like it was time to move on and do some new stuff. Uh my friend Kevin Wilrick, who is like a good buddy of mine like fifteen years, he, he rides for I have a skateboard company in Arizona called Brimley and he rides for Brimley, so like which doesn't mean much it's just like a homie thing but he you know so he's like we've been close for a long time we you know we got on trips together and shit and then he worked for the shop daddies in portland and he was doing social media for them and uh they bought the name to ccs at the end of 2014 they bought the intellectual property uh and we're gonna start ccs just kind of almost from scratch you know it hadn't gone fully out of business yet it was still there was, I think the site was actually down for one month only. I think they were doing a bunch of sell-offs, like, everything was 80% off. They were just kind of trying to, like, get rid of all their inventory. Yeah. And, uh, so they bought the name, didn't bring over any employees, no inventory, nothing. Uh, had to, like, just hustle their asses off for the first couple months to try and get the accounts back involved, you know, and, like, work everything out. And they hit the ground running in, like, beginning of 2015. Um, and right around, right before that, Kevin told, uh, Darren, who's my boss now, he said, you got to talk to my friend, Matt, you know, he has a lot of experience in this industry, and I think he'd be good to work with, just kind of hyped me up, and they they hit me up, and we talked a little bit, and we hit it off really well, and I did a couple uh, little things for them, and I ended up being like a consultant for like a year, almost, nice. and I was just kind of like, I, I put the little team together, I got like uh Rayborn and Mango and some people involved, just some like dudes I was psyched on, you know, that I thought... Kind of, you know, the budget was really small, and I thought that, I mean, it was fun, it was cool, it was awesome to be able to give people money, but compared to the old CCS team budget, you know, the superstar team, it was pretty small, and I kind of, you know, we decided, we talked about it, and we decided, like, do we want to, do you want to go the superstar route, or do you want to try something a little different, you know, and everyone was down to try something different, and I just kind of do what, based off of what I like and I think is rad in skating, you know, and the dudes that I think are rad to work with. And it's nice they also happen to be doing cool shit with companies that, you know, are involved. uh. So, yeah, I did that for a year, uh, kind of just did some content for them. We did, like, a digital version of the catalog uh, with content and stuff, and we're doing that. And then they offered me this full-time gig to be the brand director. And I was a little weary at first, not because of them at all, just I love Arizona. And I had already moved away once and moved back and kind of said I'd never move away again. I was like, I I love it here. This is home. I don't want to live anywhere else. Where did you live in uh, California. I was in Oceanside in California. Okay, yeah. Good though. Go. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. It was a little boring. It was like a little <laughs> sleepy. And, uh, and I don't know. I just – I missed my – you know, like I said, I have a little skateboard company out in Arizona and my good friends. And there's just cool stuff going on out there that I wanted to be a part of. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of thought I wasn't going to leave. And then they, I just kept working with these dudes, and it kind of just became, uh, you know, more apparent. And at the time, too, I was working for Santa Cruz. I was also a Santa Cruz team manager. Nice. And that was all because Andrew Cannon, you know, another really good friend of both of ours. The fucking Uh, best dude ever. Best dude ever, yeah. I knew Andrew from when he moved to Arizona, like, almost 10 years ago. And we were, you know, he's as close to a – I never claim anyone's a best friend, but he's as close to a best friend as I can get. There's a few people that are, like, up there, you know, that would – they would att- attain the the title of BFF, and he'd yeah, probably he, be one of them. He's
0: deserving <laughs> of it for sure. For yeah. for a lot of people, I'm sure he's awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, he. I was working for Santa Cruz for him at the time as TM, and I was double dutying, doing like basically two contractor jobs. You know, CCS in Santa Cruz, and it was great. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of travel. It was just a bunch. And then CCS, you know, we, I was up here again. and We talked a little more, and just to offer became even more aligned with something I wanted, you know, to do. And I, there was a really cool opportunity for me to kind of, to build this, build CCS's marketing, like all on my own. You know, it was, it was a chance for me to do what Andrew's doing at Santa Cruz, you know, rather than being a TM underneath the brand manager. It was like, okay, I'm going to be the brand manager and get to build, you know, for this brand that I grew up with. That's fucking iconic. And I loved growing up that I feel like had, you know, a rocky few years and it was not, you know, it was just a weird, situation you know getting bought and sold is always crazy and so i know that i don't know there was just a cool really cool opportunity for me to do it and kind of put my stamp on it and see if what you know all this stuff that i want to do and think is the the right thing to do is going to actually work yeah so
0: yeah because everyone has a vision of like if i could do it this is how i would try it or you find things like that'd be so cool like as a little kid you're like i wish i had my name on a skateboard or i wish i would my photos were in this mag or i wish i could like do a job in skateboarding and then like this is like one of the pinnacle thing opportunities is kind of cool
1: yeah man it's like it's so and i i also i looked at what we did we were doing at ipath and i saw that it was working and i think if we had had more time it could have really done something cool and i was always bummed that that never panned out and i thought you know this is another similar opportunity to take a brand that's really fucking ultimately awesome that just had a weird turmoil for a few years and kind of has been lost and just kind of get a chance to like try and like build it back up. And I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, it never, it never sounds enticing to go work for a company that's got their shit together. I feel like, you know, what <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it does in some ways. And I'm not saying they didn't have their shit together, but it was like very like free, you know, they hadn't really, there was no marketing in place, is what it was. And yeah. it was an opportunity to come and Darren, who's the owner, who's my boss and the president, like he is a really, He, like, he doesn't skate, you know, but he's not, like, a non-skater. You know what I mean? He, like, he understands what it takes to come into this industry and do it right, you know? And he's respectful of, like, of skateboarding and of course skateboarding. And he understands that, like, he doesn't understand on the level that he goes skating, but he understands on the level that, like, he lets us kind of do, me and Kevin, who are the marketing team, and we're both skateboarders, he lets us do things based on the fact that he trusts us. You know, he trusts us as skateboarders. And uh, yeah,
0: that's, and that's cool. That's good leadership skills. Like, if you're gonna hire someone and you bring them in be- based on their skills, you gotta trust them and let them. You gotta you pick the right piece and you gotta believe that. You know, that's
1: awesome. Totally. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's and you know, knowing that, it was kind of like, all right. Well, I guess this is the this is the place for me, and I'm gonna go try and do this and see. And it's been awesome, and we've had rad success so far. I feel like people are people are noticing what we're doing, which is really cool. The more I hear that, the more I mean, obviously. You know, in any business like it's rad when you see people actually buying skateboards from your site, that's really cool. But also as a marketer it's just really awesome to hear people that are like, Oh yeah, like I saw that you guys did that. That was really cool. You know, and just hearing that is like, Oh fuck yeah, that's that's rad. I like that and I wanna yeah, do more of that shit and we're growing, you know, well right now and everything's yeah, everything's moving along.
0: That's awesome dude. And I, I um if they wanna be if they're gonna do stuff within skateboarding, they got the right dude. You're the right dude for the job. I like to think so. I hope so. <laughs> I was on your first trip, bro. I know you. <laughs> That's true. Do you
1: remember how hard you sacked on that trip?
0: Oh, there's a sequence. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, that Matt. Was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the hardest to this day. To this day, the hardest I've ever seen anybody sack in my life. Dude, I didn't I'm... even.
0: I brag. Oh. About... I brag about it all the time. I've showed so many people that photo in the in the footage. Oh, Dude, I. I frame. I, I sacked it so hard, and then it was so hot because we were in New Mexico. Yeah, and Las uh, I, yeah, I just went, I ran to the corner where there was shade because I was like overheating instantly. Back to yeah.
1: overheating. Fuck. Oh, it was brutal, man. That frame, like your feet, your toes are trying so hard to touch the ground <laughs> and they can't do it. <laughs> oh.
0: Hey, lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. So when something happens like that, I tell myself that I'm like, "God, oh, it can't possibly happen again." <laughs> it uh, has yeah? a few times. It has a few times though. <laughs> I was so uh, close. I remember I got to the end or like three quarters of the way, and then yeah, we had a sign, and the sign was just we didn't take our time <laughs> with the sign. Uh, everyone was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild trip. I survived it though.
1: You did. You were all right. I thought you were going to die. I thought you probably might die from that. It looked
0: that bad. <laughs> I'm pretty hard. I'm hard as nails. I've taken some slams like that where I just got bodied and, like, surprisingly, like, I don't know. Another one was in Arizona on that tuba that goes down and straight out. Um, I was doing something on that. And oh, was, yeah. Dude, I slipped out, like, head height, and I landed on my back so hard. It was like, that was another time I thought I got really hurt, but survived it. Survived. <laughs> you got it. Um, okay, we're going to switch, we're going to switch it up. I like that you answered the, I had it, I did, I wrote down, how did you do in school? And we already covered that, which is nice.
1: Oh, nice. So you're, you're lucky that I'm good at talking about myself.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm glad. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, all right. I want to ask you who your favorite skater is now and who was your favorite skater 12 years ago?
1: Oh, that's a really cool question. So I'll start, can I start with 12 years ago? Yeah, even better. So twelve so my all time favorite as a kid, just all around all the eras was Costin. Costin was like it's like the, he was like the best dude. He was the funnest dude. He had the product you wanted. You know, like I I cost him boards, Costin him shoes. It was like he was always I never was bummed on anything he did. You know, he always just did cool shit. So I and still to this day I still hold a lot of I have like really he, I hold him in high esteem. You know, I'm a really big Costin fan to this day. <laughs> and uh but currently, currently, like, my favorite skater – dude, you know who I've been really psyched on? Like, just, like, you know, of the moment right now? I've been skating with that kid, Dane Brady, who rides yes. for Polar. No, he – um, dude, he is – he's definitely – him and uh, his friend Emil, there's this kid up here that – it's, like, his little buddy. He's – this kid's, like, 15, and he's – they're just – dude, they're sick. They're fun to skate with. They're rad dudes, but they're also just fun to watch skate. Like, I just really – And they're fun to shoot with. Like, all their photos come out really cool. Like, I don't know. Every time we go shoot stuff, it comes out in a way that, like, is really better than most of the stuff I've shot recently. And I'm always kind of tripping. And I don't know. They're just, like, skate rats. And it's super fun to watch them skate in this really, like, I don't want to say innocent way or just this way where they just go skating. And, like, they don't really film much. They film on phones. And it's kind of – I don't know. It's that thing where I'm trying to, like, sell it too hard. Like, they don't give a fuck. But, like, they (laughs) – they, they don't, really. Like, they just go skate, and it's really fucking cool to see. And yeah. they do insane tricks, and, like, no one will see them because they weren't filmed or anything, you know? And it's like, wow, that just – that happened, and it's not going to happen again. That's crazy, you know? And, yeah, that's sick. That's really But smart. they're – yeah, they're getting me psyched, and, you know, it's it's hard as an adult once you see everyone to say, like, oh, this is my favorite. But like I'd say the all-time favorite is Kostin, and then, yeah, I think mean, right now Dane is, like, definitely up there for me, like, fun, fun dude to watch. And his video part he came out with in the polar video was, like – I've watched it a lot. It's, like, a really sick part. And Hell, yeah. He's probably getting sick of this, because I just wrote something in the skateboard mag about being psyched on his skating. And he probably just, like, just sees me going everywhere, like, sucking his dick, and he's probably going to be all uncomfortable. Like, what are, what are you doing?
0: I get it. You like me, bro. I
1: know. I have to go hang out with him now, and, like, bring him flowers or something. I'm going
0: to have to go watch his footage again, because, like, um... It'll be sick. Now that I know you, you're hyped on him. I will get to watch his skating. It's awesome,
1: dude. Wa- yeah, watch his polar part if you got, if you have that video or someone has it. Like I've seen it, know, I've
0: seen it, but I gotta go. Well, I I do so much stuff. Like I do a yeah, lot of yeah. stuff. It's like hard drives dump, but I gotta go through and watch it again. And now, especially now that I know that. You like him that much? <laughs> it's gonna be awesome for me because I'm gonna instantly like him. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't have a crush on him, dude. He's
0: like not my type. Okay, dude. Whatever, bro. <laughs> it's 2016. Whatever. It's all good, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, I'm into like fellow bears. You know, I'm like, if I was gonna have to pick, I'd probably want dudes like me or like an Andrew Cannon. I also the other day was watching. This is just gonna sound make me sound really gay, which is fine. Nice. Uh, I was watching the Adidas video with some friends and with my uh, my my fiance, who's a woman. Nice. Uh, and I I was like. Like a Lucas Puig is kind of—he's kind of a good-looking man. Like yeah. I was watching him skate in those high white shorts, and I was like, "I'm kind of into Lucas." Like, yeah, you know. If yeah. I had to pick one guy, I think and that'll probably make him uncomfortable if he ever hears this. Yeah, but he like, does.
0: Like with the shorts, he—you yeah, can see like he's got strong legs, and usually has some chest hair because I have chest hair. So a fellow. Person, see. Yeah. Yeah. And and I,
1: I do too. I do too. You know, yes. it's like uh, I, I just I have respect for it's mutual respect, you know, and uh, it's not enough. Not in a sexual way, just in a hey, like you you know, decent-looking guy. I'm not, a fr- I'm not afraid to say that.
0: That's fine, man. I agree, 100. <laughs> percent I think Andrew, if you Andrew Cannon was here, he would indulge us. Dude,
1: a quick side funny story about uh, Cannon and me and uh, uh, gay stuff. We nice. were on the we were on the weekend buzz together, and I got a Tumblr message after from like an anonymous Tumblr fan, like an anon, you know, on Tumblr, and it said like, "I wish I could." something about wanting to see me and me and Andrew Cannon cuddling in a bed. But if I had a bigger beard and he was chubbier. <laughs> they and had specific like, demands. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God. So I was with Andrew one night and we shot up. I had a beard at the time. And I had an old photo of Andrew where he was a little fatter. And I shot it and I put it on Tumblr. I said, for the dude who asked.
0: Fulfilling dreams.
1: Yeah. It was just funny how specific it was. He like, was so, like, knew exactly what he wanted. And I was like, damn, respect.
0: What's weird is that you found all the material to create what he wanted. That's, <laughs> that's strange. Yeah,
1: his, fa- his fantasy already existed.
0: <laughs> he just didn't know where to look.
1: And we've cuddled in we've cuddled in a bed many times on skate trips, so I mean it's definitely gone down.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I've been in a bed with Andrew before. Completely straight, bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, next next thing. Um worst injury. My worst injury, I mean just being fat for my, most of my life now. <laughs> I don't know, bro. <laughs> no, um, no. I, I'm pretty, like, knock on wood, man. I got some particle board here. But knock on wood, I uh, I tore a ligament in my ankle when I was, like, 18. I was actually do- – I learned uh, – you know that ledge spot in Arizona with the rounded tops, the yellow and blue ones that everyone skates? Yes. Gillen. I was there with Marty Mirowski one day, and I was doing nose slides on it. And I I learned the nose slide popover and I was all stoked and I did a couple and I was feeling good. And Marty actually shot a sequence of me doing it nice. and I have it somewhere and I was, it was cool. I was like, oh, this is like kind of like a real skateboard trick. Like I was really excited and I was like, I'm going to go fast and do it. Like I want to actually like, do the whole ledge, you know, yeah. and I hooked my leg on it, put it down funny and like missed the ledge and just smashed my foot into the ground like trying to catch myself. Oh, man. And just fucking worst ankle roll for sure. I had to go to the hospital, all that shit. It was the only time I ever went to the hospital for like a skateboard injury and Did whatever. You but... Did you cry? I don't lie. No, I was I was with Marty, dude. He was like one of my favorite skaters. He was I was trying to be tough, you know <laughs> But I definitely screamed. I was scared. Like it was that you know that feeling when the bone stresses and you feel that like those shivers in your bone. Like that feeling, I had never had that, and it was really like, oh, it spooked me. It felt really like, it's like the. I imagine if it had a sound, it would be the sound of like an air horn going off inside your bone. <laughs> like it's like meh, like you like, oh shit. Yeah, I've been that's, there that's a few so times. Cool. <laughs> I bet, man. I'm. I mean, luckily, again, yeah, knock on wood. I'm knocking on a lot of wood today. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't broke a bone. I haven't. I've been. I think I'm just a thick, sturdy human.
0: <laughs> nice, nice—a good stock,
1: good group. <laughs> yeah, people people say that big bone is not a thing, and it's probably not. But if it is, then I am that because there, you know, I'm just a. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know what you call it—matter in me. <laughs> yeah, you're made up of a lot of matter. Beautiful. I, I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. All right. I have two things, and I have to write one down so I don't forget. One second. All right. The first question is going to be: Why is Marty so awesome? Oh, Marty Murowski? Yeah.
1: I don't know how he's so awesome. Yeah, why? I guess why he's so awesome is the question. Yeah. Um, he, dude, he just is the best. Dude. he's the, First off, he's the best skater. Like, mm. he is, like, he's the best technical. Like, technically, he's one of the best skaters. Like, he can do so much of the hardest shit you've ever seen on a skateboard. And he has good style. It's very rare that someone is as technical as Marty and actually has good style. Yeah. Like, I think it's, like, if the crossover never happens the fact that he like was not a big thing in skateboarding still to this day like bums me out. I feel so. I mean, I, I, he definitely got a cool run out of it. He got you know he got a rad career, but not, like I always thought he should have been like fucking top dude. You know he was just so good, and uh, and also he you meet him and he's just like the best dude. He's the nicest person. Yeah. He can never like we. I used to always say like if Marty Marty's version of talking shit on someone would be like. Everyone would be in a room, and they'd be, like, hating on someone, like, fuck that dude, oh, he did this, he did that, or he, fuck that, and Marty, Marty would always be like, oh, yeah, I don't know, he's kind of weird. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was, like, the meanest shit he'd ever say about anyone was that someone was kind of weird. If someone, And that dude could be the biggest dick ever, like, have come up to his face and be like, fuck you, you piece of shit, and Marty would be like, yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. That was, like... <laughs> and uh nice but but on top of that he's also just like kind of he's like demented in like a rad way like i feel like he he's got this really adult swim type of like sense of humor you know he just likes fucked up comedy and like weird goofy shit and he's always thinking of like plots and like (laughs) we'll just him and i when we drive to california together we can like go back and forth on like a a story that we're making a story up or writing like a movie for like an hour that will never exist. That will never go anywhere. But it's all this. Oh, and what if this happened? Oh, then what if this happened? And we're just like, and it's this really. He's just got a really deep, dark, twisted mind for that stuff. And <laughs> and lately, I've been watching. He posts. He makes these little dumb Instagram edits that are so fucking funny with his dog and like, just weirdest shit. But I don't know. He's he's just the best dude because because of all those reasons. <laughs>
0: It sounds like he would have fit in right on our birdhouse trip, but he would have been in there telling us more shit to do. Like, what if this happened to Matt and trying? <laughs> what if this? Oh yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, I'm dark and twisted. <laughs> he he would have been like, "All right, where can we get a monkey? We have to get a monkey and put in the whole store. That's like, he always he always wants a monkey involved in everything. He loves monkey. Dude, he had a sponsor me video that like went around when people used to send hard copy sponsor me tapes, and it had like a monkey clapping for him. And after he did a trick and the monkey clapped, and it was his voice dubbed over. It was like nice one marty (laughs) (laughs) this man sounds like a genius (laughs) he is i think he's gonna like he's still got big things in store like I, i just know he's like he just fucking he's gonna write a movie or direct something and it's gonna be like insane like he should
0: i don't know he's funny yeah i can tell by people skating too like his skating always made me super stoked on him and then the little bit i got from like interviews and stuff always made him seem awesome so sick
1: well, you can tell by his skating that his, he, a lot of thought goes into his skating. Yeah. I feel like so you can tell he's a thoughtful person. Like, he's definitely got a lot going on up, up, in, up in his old in, So definitely, uh, yeah, that can come across for some people. I mean, have you ever met, like, a an insanely technical skater that's, like, stupid? Like, that's just, like, a dummy the way that they're just kind of, like, brain dead? Like, I feel like that's not really a thing.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. I don't think so.
1: No, I mean, you meet dudes that, like, are good at skating and are kind of just, like, not that bright but not they're not good at skating in the way that like a marty is or like you know someone that a tech a technical guy is
0: yeah my homie you probably your homie as well Derek fukuhara and marty both stood out to me because they had a, such a good style and they were very technical like um it didn't, like you said that's kind of a rare breed or was a rare breed totally
1: dude. the film bot video was awesome and i mean there's a reason it had like such a big following and like you know that Film Out Files was fucking a really for an independent video, especially it was like a really good video, and both of those dudes' parts in those video were like groundbreaking as far as like pro skaters were concerned at the time. Yeah. But for some reason, like I mean, both of those dudes—they both, like I said, they both had rad careers. But like I always just kind of expected both of them to like blow the fuck up and be these like huge things. And you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't click in certain ways, but. Again, it was awesome to see that both of them found their place and, like, got to have a red career in skating and, you know, get to travel and kind of get all that all that from it, you know. They yeah, deserved it.
0: Yeah, I, I saw Marty traveling, I believe
1: he was with DVS, right? He traveled a bit with DVS. DVS and Blueprint uh, nice. at the end of Blueprint, like, when he was pro, he got to go to Europe a lot. And yeah, he's always – but he's been good. He went to Barcelona with a bunch of friends before he was – you know no one ever sent him there he just went you know it was like he he was good about making it happen for himself you know yeah,
0: he already had that bug that's good dude that's sick yeah, yeah dude I, I was hyped to get a travel with Derek Fukuhara because he was another dude that i watched his skating and i just like was in awe and I, the style and the technical and then i met him and got a travel with him and it's like he's the best dude ever i'm like this is awesome yeah. yeah Derek's awesome i
1: love he shoots good photos now
0: too yeah Derek. yeah awesome he i love checking out his stuff whenever i see it or he shares something it's so cool yeah. Um, Okay, you kind of divulged this one already, but I'll just ask it in case there's something else in there. Because you said you're you were into plays and stuff. I just wrote down hidden talents.
1: Oh, hidden talent. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the acting and singing thing. Maybe if the, I don't know if I'm talented at it, but I do it sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, I was a. Uh, I was like a, I was super into Taekwondo as a kid. What? I would, tra- I would travel and compete and shit when I was like you're nine, nine 10, 11. No, <laughs> yeah, dude, I was. I was, yeah, dude, I was a, re- I was a recommended black belt, which yeah. means you're like, you get like your, it's half red, half black. It's this thing where you're like, oh, you're the, you're, you're, your teachers tell you that, like, okay, you're, you're gonna get your black belt, basically. You're like a shoe in for it, right? And I, uh, I had my, they made my first degree black belt with my name on it, had it embroidered. I was like, fucking, I was gonna, all I had to do was go to attend one more class and then test out, you know? And yeah. it was like, it was gonna happen. And that was like right when skateboarding completely consumed my life and I just couldn't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> and it. I, close to getting your black belt though. <laughs> and I quit. I quit. I mean,. Technically, I, I i had the i had the training of Mm-mm. the black belt. I just didn't actually ever hold the real belt.
0: <laughs> yeah, without the belt, you're nothing, bro. Nothing. Yeah,
1: without the belt, I'm jacked. But and I don't know that belt still exists somewhere with my name on it. And I, you know, my, my best friend growing up, his parents own the taekwondo school, and like I still, you know, we talk every now and then. He he's he actually took over kind of the school, and now he runs it, and he's like a taekwondo instructor, and he's always like, "Dude, come back." I'll get, he's like, you can get there in, like, a year or two, man, I know you could do it, like, he, like, wants me to come back and get my black belt, and I'm always like, I don't know, man, I mean, there's part of me that wants, but it's sad, because part of me is just like, I don't really care, same thing (laughs) as when I was 11, and I was like, I just want to skate now, man, like, I don't want to, (laughs) but, oh, shit, (laughs) sorry for, (laughs) no, no, it's, dude, it's insane, like, looking back on it, my parents should have just made me do it, like, I was fucking 11 or 12, and I was, like, being a shitty kid, like, I don't want it. like, dude, just go to the two fucking classes and test out, you know? Like, how, but they were just like, oh, whatever, it's your thing. I mean, it was, it was funny. But I went to, like, I traveled to Little Rock one year and competed in the World Championships and got, like, third place in my division in Worlds and shit, yeah. Yes, did you, did you, so, what, how do you win that? Is it, like, a point structure or something? There is, like, a, a forms thing where, like, you do, like, a, a rehearsed kind of, like, set of moves or whatever, you know, like, and whoever does it best, you get scored based on how good you do it. Nice. And then there's, like, a a sparring section where you, like, you know, you have sparring gear on and you, like, you get, like, I don't even remember, I think it was, like, two points for kicking someone in the head, one point for kicking someone in the body, like, (laughs) stuff like that, and so you just go out there and try and kick people in the head, basically, and I I kicked a few kids in the head and got a trophy, and it was cool. You got, like, the gear on and everything? Oh, yeah, you had, like, the the squishy headgear and, like, the you know, we were kids and shit, so it was like, you had foot gear, hand gear, and head gear, and a mouthpiece, and a cup. I never wore the cup, though, because I thought it felt like shit. Cups
0: are bullshit.
1: Yeah, I my balls are really hard, naturally, <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> They're bullshit until you get kicked in the balls, and you're like, damn it! <laughs>
0: yeah, I just knew I'd,
1: pr- I knew I'd protect them well, so I wasn't worried.
0: I used to always say cups were bullshit, and then i sacked that rail, and ever since then I just wear a cup now.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, who is... Oh, fuck, why can't I... I was with someone the other day, a skateboarder... And they told me that growing up, their dad made them wear a cup skating. Like, for real? Oh, it was Walker Ryan. Wow. Walker Ryan, I think, yeah, it was Walker Ryan, dude. He told me his dad used to make him wear a cup to skate. <laughs> and he had to for like a few years, dude. That's.
0: That means he wearing a jock strap, right? Don't you have to have a. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you wear a jock strap and a cup, and he said he had to do it, and like, he would, his dad would knock on it or something before he got skating to make sure he had a. <laughs> That was insane. Sorry, sorry, Walker. If I'm outing, I'm outing you right too now. Too late. For the world.
0: Too late. Oh my god. That's amazing, Ooh. though. That's probably why he's so good at skating. Because once he took that off, his kickflip try felt way better without it. Yeah, dude. It was like but, Babe Ruth. He was swinging with two bats. <laughs> you might be my favorite person ever, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> oh shit. I took I boxed for a little bit when I was younger. I had the headgear. I loved when they wrapped my hands. That was my favorite. Like my dad used to wrap my hands, and I uh-huh. loved, loved that feeling. And then punching the heavy bag. And yeah. I have a trophy somewhere. I was in a match one time, and they put me in with a kid that was way bigger than me and way more advanced. But it was like my first match, and my dad was like, "Just stand your ground. Don't go down." Yeah. I got in there. He beat me around the ring the whole time. And I just didn't go down. I think I hit him once, and the rest was him punching me the whole time. <sighs> you just got the shit beat you, but just, like, did not give yeah. it and I hit him, like, once or twice, and it was good punches, and I connected, and then back to defense, and I, I got a trophy. I don't think I won, but I think it was like, hey, you didn't die, kid. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it was the hey, you got the shit
1: beat out of you trophy. Like, <laughs> like you, learned, you learned a life lesson there, you yeah. know? You learned about, like, well, I can get beat up and not die, so I guess that's cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. My dad taught me, taught me good defense, which was nice, very useful.
1: That's good, and I think, like, I never had to really use the karate, like, you know, that I learned, but it was, like... I don't know. It was good to have. I think it just quickens your reflexes, maybe, yeah, and yeah. it's like maybe it helps for no complies. You know, getting your foot <laughs> off the ground <laughs> yeah. Everyone who can no
0: comply really good. They do yoga. It's just a secret, like yeah. karate. They take karate or yoga.
1: It's about There's... kicks, kicks, you know, and shit. But I mean, I still have things like I, I can still like. Like, I could just kick a grown man in the face if I'm just standing next to you. Like, I, it's, even at, like, my fattest. Like, my fattest and most out of shape, I could kick a dude in the head. Wow. Wow.
0: My homie... D- say, ne- no, please. Next time we're together, I'll show you. <laughs> P- please, do, please. My homie Ramsey that I was talking about earlier, who's, like, heavy set as well, he is surprisingly flexible. He can,
1: like, touch his head with his foot and shit. And I'm like, how the fuck... Yeah. Like, it's like the, the, it's like the fucking, you know, Jack Blacks on that tip, fucking Chris yeah. Barley, like, the, the fucking hyper, like, quick-moving fat guy, and it's okay, you can say fat, you don't have to say heavy set I mean, I don't know if you're gonna offend your friend Ramsey, I just know no, that there's no. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I, it, me and my friend Tim Ward always joke about this, because he's like, you know, we're both, like, fucking big dudes who skate, and we always joke about big dudes and big guys, because people will, like, be talking around us, and they're like, yeah, dude, this fucking... F- just, like, bigger, bigger guys, you know? <laughs> like, they see you, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, they get really, like, uh, and I get it, you know? It's the same thing. Like, dude, if you're fucking, you don't want to, like, you don't want to offend, like, if you're around, like, a, a gay friend, you don't want to accidentally say, like, some fucking, like, slur that's going to bum them out, you know? That isn't, that isn't necessarily you being, like, saying something harsh, but, like, you don't want to offend anyone you're with, is what it is, you know. And I, and I get like people do it, but I'll always just kind of be like, oh, you can say fat, like I get it, like it's not like for the sake of conversation, it's not, your story just got ruined because you stopped and said big, you
0: know, like whatever. Yeah, gonna, like... yeah, you want the you want the story straight through, like just do yeah.
1: It. <laughs> you can say fat, it's fine, it's not a big deal, but yeah, I, it's I like all right. That. I
0: have I dealt with a receding hairline when I grew up, so like that's like a thing, I guess. <laughs>
1: you have the bald thing.
0: You'll be like, dude, this fucking bald. Exactly, uh, guy, and I'm like guy oh. with
1: guy with not that much hair.
0: And then that's when I go, dude, I don't even care. Look it, like I'm down, like whatever. I shave it yeah. now, and I'm like, doesn't even bother me.
1: Like that's so- like Andrew. Andrew had the same thing, dude. He was like, fuck it, I'm yeah. gonna. I, he's like, this I'm not gonna try and hold on to it. It's going, and I'm just gonna fucking just buzz this shit. It's out of there.
0: Yeah, it's way easy. It's uh, not even a thought now. And um girls find it sexy, dude. I mean, I'm engaged, but I'm just saying, like, it's nice.
1: Hey, it's, it's not right. I think girls find confidence sexy, right? Is that, I mean, to fucking, <laughs> if I. If I did all right in this world with a woman, then I think anyone has a chance. Nice. That's did you see it? Did you say you're married? Engaged. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, I, I got engaged in December. We've been together for like three years. We lived together. She's moved to three different states with me.
0: Nice. Wow, that's she, sick.
1: She's a yeah. That, she and that's that's kind of what it was. It was like she moved moved from Miami, where her life was, to California when I lived there. We moved in together. Then she moved to Arizona with me, and now she moved to Portland with me. And that was when I. That was I was like, well, I mean, nothing else is going to test this relationship until we have kids. So, I mean, she's the one. So, yeah, we kind of yeah.
0: re- went for it. That's dope, dude. I'm engaged, too. I've been engaged for years. When are you getting married? I don't know, dude. Everyone asks that. But, she, like, I'm just doing all this skateboard stuff, and she's doing all this pole dancing and fitness stuff. She, like, competes in competitions and, like, goes to New York and is involved really? in fashion and fitness. Yeah. It's insane. She's, like, in the... Some competition, world fitness competition, right now. So her diet is super regimented, and like she's very focused, and like it's pretty. Does sick.
1: she do? Does she do competitive pole dancing?
0: Yeah, she does that as well. She's won some stuff too.
1: Wow! It's like crazy. skating
0: to her, dude, Matt. It's like skating to her. Like she's, she'll come to me and show me footage of girls that she's like, look at this. <laughs> dope. And I'm like, it is, it is. I'm just, like, looking at it, like, damn, this is so sick. Like, so just, That's cool, man. Just to have someone that found something, because I've always been like that with skating, so, like, with yeah. a girl, to find a girl that's, like, into something is cool. And then, I don't know, I, I got engaged to her um, in Taunton, where I live. Here's a funny story. She, um, we lived in kind of the hood in Taunton. It was, like, seriously, like, Section 8 and crazy shit, and mm-hmm. there was, like, across the street, there was, like, people yelling all night long, drug dealers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, we were living there, which was pretty gnarly. But um, I engaged – I asked her to marry me there, and we used to walk our dog Elwood. He's like – his hashtag's Elwood the Great if anyone wants to check him out on Instagram. (laughs) Miniature long-haired dachshund. My sister has his mother. He's a thoroughbred, beautiful dog, and he's my best friend ever. Just BFFs, like for sure. Um, He he attained the title of BFF. Exactly, and this is why, because – We used to walk in this field that was kind of near our projects or whatever you want to call it, and it's this big field. And um, we used to walk Elwood over there and let him loose, and he'd run back and forth between the two of us. Mm -hmm. He'd, like, call him, and he'd go running all hyped, and then I'd call him, he'd come running all hyped. And then uh, I actually, when I wanted to ask him to marry me, when he came to me, I, like, put a little ribbon around it with the ring on his neck. And then she called him, and he came. She came. He came running all the way across back to her. And then she like saw it on his, uh, on his neck, the ring. And then so that's. like oh. But the crazy part of the story. So I walked up to her and I'm like, that's "What do you cute. think?" I basically said that. I'm like, "What do you think? Are you down?" Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah." And then the crazy part is, dude, that's a, that's a mental institute, a hospital. <laughs> we didn't realize that because it was a huge property and there's like oh a an insane asylum. <laughs> That's what it was. I asked her That's to marry me. That's where you asked her to marry you. <laughs> it was, I asked her to marry me on the
1: grounds of an insane asylum. <laughs> That's pretty good. See, mine was uh, mine was pretty nice and romantic. We went to the place where like she, we first stayed together the first time she visited LA, this hotel in LA. And like, I surprised her, but we were just like that day I had to go shoot some shit and I was just like wearing a hoodie and normal. Like I was definitely like, not didn't look nice at all and I secretly filmed it you know and I realized after I filmed it I was wearing a chinkum hoodie and I like realized that I had proposed to my <laughs> girlfriend in a hoodie with like a euphemism for huffing your own shit on my like, fucking sweatshirt and uh, uh, I was like man I'm really sorry that I didn't think about that and that's what we're gonna be able to tell our kids and grandkids one day. <laughs>
0: That's why me and you are friends, because we both didn't see those coming. I didn't realize it. <laughs> it's like, how do you think of that? Yeah,
1: right. You like didn't. You just missed those key details that you're like, oh, like in the our, our proposal video is so cute, and then little kids are gonna be like, what's jankum, daddy? And I feel like, well, son, it's when you huff your own shit fumes.
0: <laughs> At least just don't lie to them. That's it. Keep yeah. the truth going, bro. You go.
1: But I love your mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the moral of the story. You know, all right, I got a couple. I got a couple. I want to ramble off here. We're gonna go do some it. do some top threes, if you don't mind.
1: No, yeah, go for it.
0: Well, obviously we got to do top three foods. So think about it for a second. I'll get. I could probably mull. I'll, I'll say lobsters. Why? In, why, in obvi-
1: why? Obviously, Anthony is because I'm fat. That's what it is. No, obviously. no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm <bro>. just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you go. Yeah, you know, you're heavier. You gotta
0: do some food. <laughs> Dude, I eat like crazy, but I just like am always in motion. I never stop, but I eat like. Dude, my girl got me changing my diet quite a bit, like, and as I slow down, I'm like, whoa, I can't eat like I used to, like, I can feel it, I'm like, oh man, but like, yeah. dude, I eat, like, dumpsters, I'm like a dumpster. Getting,
1: old. getting older really fucks you up, man, you try and, like, you can't recover from, like, fast food and shit, or things that you eat, and it's, uh, oh man, whatever, I'm not here, I'm not here to be the old cranky guy, um, <laughs> top, <laughs> <laughs> top, three foods, uh, p- pizza,
0: Nice. Classic. The number
1: one food. All, I, dude, I just just there's nothing better than pizza. I'm writing um, this
0: down. I'm writing this down for my for myself. Cu-
1: pizza, Cuban food. Uh cu- dude, cuz my my fiance, she's Cuban. Her whole family's from Cuba. And so like we eat Cuban food like a ton. Like oh, really? what multiple... is
0: Cuban food? Like
1: eat... <clears throat> so, so, Yeah, it's like a lot of uh, black beans and rice nice. mostly and then, you know, different meats, porks, uh like Arroz Campoyo is like a you know rice, a yellow rice and chicken dish. She makes it's really good. Like Picadillo is like a a ground beef dish that you do with rice and beans. And like uh, Tostones are like my favorite shit in the world. It's the you take a green plantain, like an unripe plantain, and you mush it into like a cake, and then fry it and put salt on it, and it's like Ooh. almost like a like a little banana pancake, a fried banana pancake kind Ooh, of. Ooh yeah, that or sounds good. Like a thick chip, dude. It's fucked up. And we make flan too. Like we make a really good flan together. Flan. Oh, like put- it's like custard, kind of. It's like a custard cake made nice. from eggs and uh, condensed milk and sugar, and so just all pretty much all Cuban food. The stuff that we make is like top three easy, and then the th- top third. So that's two. I guess that's an entire genre of food. That's not one <laughs> food, but um, I like all of Cuban food. That's my. I'll say two. I'll say tostones. I'll pick I'll pick the plantains out of that because that's like my favorite. Shape. They mush. So, you said they
0: mush it up and they make it into like a crispy
1: cake. Yeah. Yeah, you flatten it into a cake and then like fry it with. We we use olive oil because we're slightly healthier than the Cubans, <laughs> but just nice. barely. But uh, and then you put a little salt on it and it's like, dude, it's fucked up. And then um, I don't know. My third favorite food is probably like. I like sushi a lot. I like salmon, like yeah. sa- like salmon nigiri and like seared salmon and stuff like that is really good. We we go we eat sushi a lot, so I'd say that's those are those are my top threes. If I got it, and I'm spoiled, so I get to eat my top three foods all the time.
0: Yeah, that's a,
1: sick.
0: Good for bit you. Bit of a bad boy.
1: Yeah, you know, fuck good, it. Fucking good for you,
0: bro. Um, fuck it. I'll ramble off mine. Lobster, just because it's expensive and I never get it, but I really like salty <laughs> food. Um, it's it's, it's
1: uh, fancy, you know, classic yeah. food.
0: And you said pizza, and that inspired me to throw pizza in my top three. I um, have to. Yeah, so good. And then my last one would be chocolate cake with vanilla frosting in a bowl with whole milk poured on it. You mush the cake up where it's like a good ratio of milk and cake and frosting, and then you eat that thing, and that is like heavenly, Matt. It sounds like some kind of fucked up perversion of cereal. I, yeah, exactly. I eat a lot of cereal, too. I eat a lot of cereal as well. That That's number four now. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. I need to fucking, I
1: mean, I'll I have to, after my detox is <laughs> over, I'll, I'll jump
0: into that. <laughs> it's fucking good, though. <laughs> um. All right, back, back to the seriousness. Let me, hold on, i get my list together. Right, it's what one, seriousness? It's one <laughs> piece of paper. It's one piece of paper. I just jotted <laughs> this down. I was like, these are things I want to think of. Those are good notes. All right, next one. Movies or TV
1: shows? Top three. Or if you only got one, two, fine, but... I'm way more of a TV show guy, although I'm trying to get better at watching movies because I really love like good, like classic. You know, I love c- like cinema as the dipshits call it. You know, I really do. I do love it, but um, TV is like god for me. Fucking TV shows. Top three TV shows um, are Thirty Thirty Rock is the best TV you know show ever in the history of TV. I have a Thirty Rock tattoo. Fucking yes. Thirty Rock is like. Can you show me? My is it? Oh uh, yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. It's. It's from an episode where Selma Hayek gets a caricature hold, drawn her on a skateboard.
0: Hold on. Keep it there. Keep it there real quick. Hold on. I'm going to take a picture. Yeah,
1: go for it. Thank you. Damn, that's so sick. Is she? She's on a skateboard? Yeah, it was from this episode where she just brings, like, Jack Donaghy a caricature of her on a skateboard, and I thought it was funny, and I was, was like, oh, I want to get... So I got that tattooed, Um, and then, uh, so 30 Rock is, like, number one for sure. Uh, the Office is number two. Whoa. And then number three... Number three is tough. It probably is really Parks and Rec. I'm like a comedy guy, and I like those comedies, like, the most. Those are the three that we watch the most, you know? Those are the, we just binge them over. I've seen every episode of 30 Rock at least 20 times. Like, that's that's not even an exaggeration. I have literally cycled that season over 20 times, or cycled the whole series 20 times.
0: Nice. I'm with you, dude. I'm on weird, I do weird shit like that all the time. I love it.
1: What are your top three TV shows?
0: Okay, well, I'm more of a movie guy, but there's shows right now that I just watched, and I've talked about it on the podcast, probably at nauseum, but
1: Bob Ross, dude, amazing, amazing. The painting you... show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that? I, I never actually watched one. I just know of his, like, I know of him because of, like, pop culture references, you know?
0: Dude, he's, I have a, I have a theory that he was Jesus Christ. Like, he could have been, dude. The wow. Big, yeah, he was... First of all, he's a white dude with an afro, which
1: instantly makes him cool in my eyes. And, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Why, dude, why is it that a white dude with an afro is so much cooler than a white dude with dreadlocks?
0: I don't know. I
1: don't it's know, like, dude. It, you're, it's infinitely better.
0: I don't have hair, bro. I don't know. I don't get the hair thing. <laughs> um, but he also... Like, the sickest thing is I'm, I admire the fuck out of the dude because he, like, painted... I think like three hundred episodes of a show on PBS, something ridiculous, and he owned the rights to the show because at the end it's like Bob Ross Inc. And then like I started looking, yeah. at, I started looking into him and like I'm just like that dude taught so many people how to paint, and I still looked at the hashtag and there's all these people that did their Bob Ross painting, they like followed along and like did the technique and they all looked pretty fucking good. And then yeah, um, man. and then like oh, it just trips me out. He made like fifteen million dollars with his through
1: painting. Through his passion, it's like to me. That's insane. It's like. That's tight. I need to watch it now. Yeah, just like, you know, you know, you, you know, the shit you hear, like you know, happy little trees and like you know, Bob brought <laughs> Ro- like all that shit.
0: I always throw a disclaimer out there though, because I haven't looked that deeply, but I did find out he was in the military, I believe, or the air force, and.
1: um, He was like a drill sergeant, right? Yeah, crazy, right? You knew that? Wow. <laughs> I, I read it. I read it on like a like a like a blog or something or a Tumblr. You know, yeah. it's like a. The fun fact type thing, and it was, uh, yeah, he was a drill sergeant, and then afterwards he just was like, fuck it, I just want to paint, and he got really happy. Yeah, exactly. And it's so sick, the free time
0: on his show where he can, like, show someone else, he always shows, like, another painter and shows light to their painting, or he show these fucking animals that he rescues, and he's like, first time I ever seen a baby squirrel. Didn't even know they existed, till Bob Ross, till I saw it on his show. <laughs> he like, just assumed oh, they were... They were never babies, like they're just born as adults. I've never seen one. It was my first time, I and mean, I had to see it on videotape, so... Have you ever seen a baby squirrel out in the wild?
1: No. I've what? only seen adults... They get—they must keep them hidden until they're... I mean, they're probably pretty vulnerable. They're small, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just saying, I've never seen one out in the wild,
1: bro. No, me
0: neither. I don't see... No, I've never seen a baby squirrel. (laughs) But to me, me, I was just like, Bob Ross is the man. Like, he chose to put his time into creating art and sharing that art. And, like, he turned it into a business. And, like, he always thanked everyone that helped him create what they created. And, like, on the show, he's, like, very humble. Like, to me,
1: I'm like, he might have been Jesus Christ. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Hey, maybe, man. I mean, I'm not – I'm definitely not going to tell you you're wrong because I don't know shit. (laughs)
0: I'm not religious at all. I have no (laughs) – if it was be bummed on him because he had an afro. Like I don't know if like some religions have like weird stipulations, you know.
1: I don't think I don't, I don't think you're not allowed to have an afro, but maybe, maybe. in any religion. But I, I hope guess not. I don't know enough about religion.
0: I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them you can't be gay and there's like weird shit like that where I'm just like – but that turns me off. I'm like, I don't know, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, just rules in general from – like fake fake rules that came from like – like a rule that comes from someone you don't know. Who the, who made that rule up? You're like, oh, this, I think it was this guy. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It was like 10,000 years ago, so we're not really sure. Yeah, we wrote um, it down and
0: someone translated it and rewrote it down
1: and then like
0: the, – and there's people making money off of it. No one ever lies when it comes to money. Like, come on, come
1: on. (laughs) And Also, it's like history has shown, like, the most popular person gets credited with things. So it's like, you wonder, I mean, this sounds so ignorant because I don't know and I don't really care. Is the Bible, like, who, is the Bible written by one person, supposedly? Or is
0: it not even? I think it's the word of God translated through whoever was in power, you know, and they would change it as it would go. But the original, I think, is supposed to be someone. I don't know, I think it's words,
1: God's word. So I don't know. I wonder. I'm so confused. I went, and then I, I thought, I was like, well, did, is it supposed to be like Jesus wrote it? I, and I wonder how many people. How <laughs> like many a diary? <laughs> is it Jesus' diary? He's like, dear diary, today this bush was on fire. <laughs> it was so cool.
0: I hate gay people. What
1: the fuck? Matter, dude, chill <laughs> out. And then and then ten entries later, he's like, I guess gay people are okay. And then five <laughs> entries later, he's like, no, I hate them." Fuck.
0: <laughs> I'm picturing him as like a little little teenage girl or something,
1: dude. Tween, tween Jesus, <laughs> tween Jesus would be a sick comic.
0: <laughs> dude, would be an amazing comic. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough to ever like. I, I would never be like audacious enough to talk shit on a religion because like I don't know. So that's. I just think it's ignorant. Like it's just whatever. Like I don't know enough about it to talk shit on any of it. But like, I definitely know I'm confused by a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot of – I know there's
0: a lot of contradiction in it too, but I'm I'm always happy if someone finds something and it enriches their life. So like totally. that, if some people find religion and it works for them, like that's awesome. For me, I always could never – it came down to that like final thing where it was like I can't not
1: say I don't know. Like I can't not – I can't say that. I can't say that. Uh, it feels I too – it feels insane to say – and like – and for me, I, I – dude, I fucking wish – Do you know how bad I wish that I could just be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen when I die. And based on how I live here, I'll be able to dictate that. Or like, oh, yeah, I know why this happened. Or I know that – dude, people are like – so people with that much confidence are generally successful at something, I feel like, if they're smart. Because it's like, dude, fuck, you just plow through this world. Like, you just know everything. Like, most people aren't going to get in your way if you fuck like, just are that confident. And I just think that, like, they have – I mean, granted – I don't know who's to say if they're wrong or not, but I just can't like fucking, I wish I could, I wish that I could just have like that revelation that people have where all of a sudden, like I look out the window and Jesus is like in the clouds and he's like, Hey, I'm real. And then I would be like, Oh, I mean, I know he obviously existed. I'm not saying Jesus was not real, but like, you know, there's this whole thing where people have these moments of like, Oh yeah. And then my life changed forever. And I knew I had faith yeah. and it's like, oh my god, dude, fuck, I want faith? That sounds so sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: But. No, me too, 100%. Dude, I always felt like that. I'd be jealous of people that said it, you know, and I just never could get to that. The th- thing I found with that was, like, um, once I lost someone, that's kind of what I s- make it similar to because, like, I lost my father when I was, like, 12, and that mm-hmm. scared me, but it also, like, woke me up. Like, I looked at things differently because I had dealt with loss at 12 years old, and I was, like, oh shit the clock is ticking like this show yeah. doesn't like it might not go on like who knows so that yeah. like that gave me my religious moment where i was like oh my god it like shocked me out of my apathy or whatever you want to call it and i just like have been cr- grappling with that ever since
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's that when you have that moment like i mean you had it early i didn't i mean you have like i had anxiety about death when i was little and like you're like oh fuck i'm gonna die and you have that feeling of trying to like Think about what infinity is or what fucking, like, you know, nothingness is in your body. It's like you have a governor in your brain that, like, stops you from thinking of those thoughts, and that's anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy how, like, you're built, like, the same as a governor in a car. You're like, no, you can't go faster than 120. Your brain's like, you're not supposed to be able to think about what nothing is like. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And your brain stops you and is like, no, 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 stop. Go back. Go back. And then you have, like, fucking freak out because you're like – and I had that, but then – <laughs> I don't know. It hits, it hits you harder when you have like, I think when I got like started living with, with Susie with my fiance, it was like, I had anxiety about like, cause I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is, I'm, I want to marry this girl. I want to be with her till I die. And that was the first thing I ever, I like, had to truly t- deal with of like, Oh, I'm going to like, this is till the end. And then it made me think of the end, you know? And it yeah. was like, that was like scary. And that really put into perspective, like, okay, this, this is really going to happen. Like I'm actually going. And I think when you have that kick in the, Kick in the ass, like your productivity level, or for me, it went up a lot. I started working a lot harder. I started making more of my time. I started, I, I didn't like get drunk and sleep till four thirty in the afternoon as much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It gives you some sort of focus and drive. And like, then it's like, how can I create this life and this, uh, and everything to be something I, I want it to be? So, cause you're thinking long term now. You're not thinking just pleasure in the moment, you know? It's exactly.
1: Nice. And, and you, yeah, you just, uh, it's big picture. It's like I was saying earlier that five year thing. It's like more like the the fifty year thing. You know, you're thinking about like, it's it's funny because it's easy to get caught up and think like, oh fuck, that's so fast. It's so fast. You know, like it's all or like what's happened all of a sudden. I'm thirty. People love to pretend like that is like this thing that happens. Where like you blink and then you're fucking forty <laughs> and your life is just gone. I hate that thought because, like, no, fuck that, dude. If you're living right, you should have done a lot of shit in the last 20 years. And when you have those thoughts and that fear kicks in, you always think about that. I always think about that shit. Like, what did I do? Like, oh, my God, it's it's another year already? What did I even do last year? And then I actively make myself think, okay, what did I do last year? And then I think of, like, 50 awesome things I did last year. Yeah. And then I don't have that feeling of, like, oh, I fuck, I blew it. It's like, no, I didn't blew it. I was, I was, I was living. I was doing cool stuff, you know, with people I love and I don't know, I get, I get frustrated when you hear those, those cliche things sometimes. And I get it, they're all true, you know, or like, oh, it, it, time flies, or it's like, you blink and it's, life is short, and it's like, yeah, life is short, but life is also fucking long. Like, life yeah. is like, whatever you make it. So yeah. if you want to sit around and like, just be bummed on life being short, I don't know, but then it's good, cause it does kick people in the gear, but there's also like, something to be said for like, no, let's actually think about what we've done in the last few years. And if you can really be proud of it, then you shouldn't be bummed that those three years have already happened. You know, yeah, you should, should be like,
0: be, it should be like the quality of your time spent instead of like the qua- like how productive you were. It should be like, you're focusing on things that you enjoy. And then yeah. you build your life from that, which is pretty, totally.
1: Rare. You're like, those years didn't just fly by that the, you were, you live, you lived them and they were great. You know, and that's like, or, or they weren't, you know, I, I'm just saying from my own perspective, I try and, you know, like think that and, It's, but it is, because, you know, you get caught in those thoughts.
0: Yeah, that's like a, that's a, that's a shift that can happen, you know, like when you're, I've been hanging out with kids a lot, because, um, I just did my family reunion, and all my sisters, uh, had kids, basically, and, um, and my cousins, and they all had kids, and they're all running around, and I'm hanging out with these little kids, and, and I do skateboard lessons I've actually been doing in the last
1: three days. Uh, oh,
0: nice. Yeah, it was so awesome, dude. But I'm just hanging out. That with shit's
1: them. so fun. That's oh, like skating with kids, like watching them have those first moments is fucking really cool. Dude,
0: I've helped uh, I've helped two kids today with their first drop in. I held their hand all the way up to the point yeah. where I was no longer holding their hand and they were riding down a quarter pipe, you know? like Oh, it's so sick. You dude. get to live that moment again a little bit through them. Dude, one hundred percent. And like, but the crazy thing about these kids that I trip out on is that they're little destroyers. They're fucking crazy. Like at my family reunion, we're in Maine. It's beautiful. There's hammocks. There's a garden. There's a tent full of food out. There's a river, a little creek in the back of this Maine farmhouse yeah, yeah. that my grandparents have owned for so long. And like, all my family's there. And my family's comprised of like, <laughs> no disrespect, but drug addicts and people from the ghetto and like <laughs> like we're pretty shattered and broken family but everyone came together all the kids and my mom and my aunts and like everyone made it as dysfunctional as fucked as we are and then all yeah. the kids are running around they're little destroyers dude and then the kids at skate camp they're just little destroyers when you're young you just like want to destroy everything they want to like take yeah. to max i had to explain to him matt i was like look we're in the fun zone. Let's not take it to the danger zone. Like we have wow. to be nice to each other. We have yeah. to like if if one has if we all have fun and no one fights, then this can just keep going. And like, as soon as you walk away, they forget all that. And it's like he hit me. And I'm
1: like, oh my god. Yeah, they're,
0: <laughs> they they really.
1: Well, it's like you can't? They're they're like young and they're like focusing their camera lens where like you don't know if you're in focus until you go past focus. You yeah. know what I mean? You have yeah. to like you have to go past it to see. Oh shit, that's blurry again. Then you go back. So it's like. They're just like, well, wait, I mean, yeah, this is all right. I feel content not hitting him, but what if I just hit him in the face? I might feel way better. (laughs) I guess you got to try it ends in hitting them in the face,
0: dude. It ends there. It, yeah, I kind of got that that perspective, too. It was like they're new to the world, so they're less jaded, and they're so young, and they're just experiencing everything for the first time. So they just wanted to go really fucking high on the hammock until someone fell off. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like totally. – I started swinging them on the hammock, and I'm like, look, this is the fun zone. We can go to that line, but if you guys go higher, someone's going to fall off, and then we're going to be in danger zone. And then they yeah. kind of got it. They kind of got it. They didn't get hurt in that situation. It was nice. I handled it. I felt proud of myself. They, they'll
1: get hurt next time. They're yeah. going to push it to the danger zone when you're not there.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to me. But I love hanging out with those. I love hanging out with kids because they're very honest. And I don't know. They're short with their sentences, but they're really on. They're precise. They say what they mean, you know?
1: And there's so much. I mean, so much of the time, they're so much smarter than people give them credit for. Like, there's yeah. more shit going on in their heads. And I think adults don't realize that because they don't. Either they don't, A, talk to a kid like they're an adult. Like, that's my favorite shit to do with kids. It's just like, dude, I'll just fucking – I'll talk to them. I want mean, to try not to say fucking as much, but I'll talk to them <laughs> in a very, like, just adult way, you know, because that's what I always wanted when I was a kid. Like, I didn't – I hate being fucking babied, especially when you're, like, 11, 12, 13. Like, when you're fucking clearly becoming an adult, man, you're growing into, like, who you're going to be. Yeah. And when people, like, are like, hey, bud, so how was school? And you're like, dude, Yo, this kid is fucking – this kid is twelve. He probably jacked off to internet porn yesterday, and you're talking to him like the fucking like little baby. Like you can talk to these fucking children like they're like I don't know. I just think that they don't get enough credit. So I and I think they you know they respect adults who come at them like that too. And I think that you know working with I do, you know been done. I've gone to Woodward a lot. You know, and just hanging with kids there is really fun. And uh, in Arizona, we have a uh, nonprofit that I'm on the board of called Skate After School. Ryan Lay and Tim Ward and those dudes Bobby Green uh, run it. And it's just like work, you know, taking skateboarding to kids who haven't seen it, and like it's the same thing. I just like to apply that. I don't, know, I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but I noticed that when you like go to those kids and just kind of like talk to them the way you talk to your friends, they like start out by it at first, like they come around and they just can talk to you normal. You know, it's it's definitely like I don't know, it's a way to get them to trust you or something. Just not fucking act like they're some lesser being. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love them, dude. And I was thinking about today, man. The the way the way to do it cuz I love teaching skateboard lessons cuz I take it as a big honor. Like I look at it like I'm going to give these guys um, the foundation to have a great experience with skateboarding. Instead of like, yeah. I never want to bum anyone out. Like, I just want them to love skateboarding like I do. That way, I'll have people to skate with no matter how old I am. So I try to talk to them like equals, like friends. I I'll, like I said, I'll censor those curse words a bit because they don't need just don't need to hear that type of vulgar shit when they're that young you know what i mean yeah it doesn't have to be all the time like sometimes i just talk like a sailor but around them i don't even feel the need to talk like that anyways because they
1: kind of they kind of like that too like if you slip like a shit or a fuck every now and then they kind of feel they feel privileged like you're like you know like they got to hear an adult curse you know my little
0: little homie phoenix today i was i i brought i got a projector for the skate park here like carol that owns the edge indoor park she helped me get Mm -hmm. a projector and um. I was showing skate videos because we needed a break. I was like, "I'll hook my laptop up. We'll get the Wi-Fi. We'll watch the skate video." Um, and he, my little homie Phoenix, he's from Australia. I think he's like seven years old. He goes, "Is there going to be curse words?" And I was like, "Maybe." <laughs> and he was like, oh,
1: I'm psyched!" He was <laughs> you know, so psyched. I was like, "Yes." Do <laughs> you forget but, how like cool it is as a kid? Just anything you're told not to do, like, is cool instantly, or is like, <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like, I want to. And every chance you get, like uh, it's so funny to remember that. that sometimes just having something say "fuck," it's like, oh my god, I said "fuck." <laughs> well,
0: that the idea is like you can't say "fuck" because that's too much of an experience for a young kid. Like, like because I always get mad when people censor themselves around me. Like, I like someone will be like, "darn," like describe something and say "darn." I'm like, dude, "darn" is when you stub your toe. "Fuck" is when your cat dies. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Someone dies. "Fuck" really does the word and encompasses those feelings and emotions. I always get mad when people censor, darn, I'm like, darn, what the fuck, that doesn't even touch the spectrum of emotion that really is in those situations. And I
1: don't know anyone who said darn when they stub their toe, when you stub your toe, you're like, fucking idiot, (laughs) motherfucker ass, you're like, that is like every expletive that comes out, like, physical pain is like, all the more reason to say, like, Anything, I mean, just it was whatever. It's words that are de- there; those words are designed to like fucking like get out energy, negative energy, you know, or positive. Sometimes it's just energy in general. Yeah. So you are like, fuck it, just use them, just shoot them out, and that's what I always, I always love about skating too. And no matter how like much you get out of it or grow up, and I understand it's not appropriate in all settings. That's what growing up and as a skateboarder, it's hard to like get to the point where you are like, ah, I, I really do need to just like calm down sometimes and not do whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah, but. <laughs> I also still just always, that element's important, I think. Like, I I loved that about skating when I was a kid. Like, there'd be an ad, and they would just say, like, fuck you in it or something, and you're kind of like, like, whoa, that's kind of sick. Like, yeah, fuck you. you know? <laughs> it's like a, uh, it's just that, that punk element that's there, you know?
0: Yeah, and it needs to be said sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Sometimes you gotta say fuck.
0: But, yeah, I love hanging out with little kids because they're awesome. That Basically, that's the end of the story is that they're fucking sick. And I love skating with them because a lot of times they just want to skate or they just want to talk. And I'll just let them talk because I don't think people let them talk, kind of what you were saying before. And uh, so, yeah, I just let them talk. I love hearing them forming sentences because I don't think people let them form sentences long enough. So They get to give, they get
1: to give answers all day. Yeah. It's like yeah. they get asked questions and they get to give, like, one-word answers or, like, two-word You know, it's like... They're not just, you know, able to just sit there and, like, have an, have an adult audience that's just, like, down to listen to whatever they want to say. Yeah. You know? Sick. I think it's uh, – that's cool for sure.
0: That helps with their experience, you know? And it helps yeah. it helps to allow them to develop, which is the key, the key thing. I imagine I don't have kids, but I have a garden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just... you're, you're pretty much there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you hit 33, Matt, you're going to want to put your hands in the dirt. Trust me.
1: yeah i don't need to get back to the earth
0: have you ever grown a garden or anything any plants you ever make them past the day
1: or two uh we have some plants here on the wall we have some wall planters and uh uh made by andy vasquez uh, great great skateboarder and curb maker and just woodworker in general he made these uh i traded him for a print actually these cool like wooden wall planters that are on the wall and uh We've kept those plants alive for, like, since we moved. They're kind of on their last leg, though, but about seven months now, which for us is pretty good. That's a record.
0: Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, my, I realized I overdid it, though. I started with tomatoes last year, and then this year I was, like, excited. So I, like, dug out a whole thing and got all the soil, and then, like, I planted way too many zucchini plants, dude. We got zucchinis up the yin-yang, Matt. <laughs> Wow, that's good, though. Then
1: you can give zucchinis to all your homies, right?
0: Dude, I was starting to realize how cool I can be. I gave some out to my neighbor already. I'm like, who wants a zucchini? You got a zucchini coming. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: like, it's Anthony, the zucchini
0: guy. <laughs> these guys are, these zucchinis are massive, too. They're huge. I've, ne- I, I, I've never seen zucchinis this big, not even in the store. <laughs> so, many, so many jokes to be made. Dude, I've been going out there filming it, and they look like Jurassic Park leaves. They're
1: that big. Like I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It's pretty tight, though, to see that just something that big can just come from, like, a little water, a little sun, little like a seed and some dirt. Dude, know. crazy. crazy. I, had,
0: yeah. I had that moment where I was like,
1: wait, you can just put that in dirt and nurture it and it'll grow into food? The Abide normally? What the fuck? I love those moments where, like, you just, you, like, to anyone, to most people, you just look like the biggest idiot. But it's just, like, it's something that's so far removed from your world and you just, all of a sudden, it hits you and you're like, wait, wait, what? And it's something you know, but you know it in the back of your head and you don't know it as, like, this real thing. And then you're like... You realize what it actually takes, and you're like, oh, you're blown away by it. You're like mesmerized like a fucking total idiot. Like, (gasps) dude, no, you're never going to guess what happened. I put these seeds in the fucking ground, and then like two months later, I had fruit. There was fruit I could eat with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it puzzles me. I'm like
0: going around. I go around and look at cities, and I'm like, well, now I just go, why don't they just plant food? Like fucking just, they're (laughs) going to water and nurture. Just grow some fucking food. What are
1: you guys doing? I guess that wouldn't be productive for the grocery store's produce or anything, but... (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's there's lots of reasons, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot... Everyone who figures that out kind of is on that same tip, like, they're like, start these urban gardens, why the fuck wouldn't you grow your own shit? And it's like, now, I wish we were living in an apartment, but I'm like, fuck, the second we get a house, like, I want, I want chickens, I want to have my own eggs and shit, you know, like, that's so rad, like, that's free food, first off, like, just, just on an economic standpoint, it's like, awesome, and then... Yeah, and you have, like, a cool little farm back there, you know, grow some veggies, grow some fruit. Like, I grew up in a house with a lot of fruit trees, and that was, it was cool, you know? You never had to buy oranges. There's always oranges in the backyard, nice. you know?
0: Did you have a, could you make fresh orange juice?
1: Oh, yeah, all the time. We had a squeezer, we'd squeeze that shit. It was, dude, f- we had, we had f- pomegranates, we had fucking grapefruits, we had lemons, we had, like, apple at an apple tree in Arizona, which is super rare. Yeah, that seems super rare, because it's a desert, and do you have to water that bitch every day? We had, we got irrigation. We nice. would irrigate every two weeks. So we just had, our backyard was really crazy and it was really cool. So that was, that was a fun thing to grow up with, you know, kind of these rare fruit trees and just like, I think there was like 27 fruit trees in our backyard or something. Jesus. Like,
0: you were living in Utopia. It was, yeah. It was really cool, cool place yeah. to grow up. I'm starting to learn that you're a juice snob bro. You started this one off with a juice. Now you're bragging about all the juice you had coming up. Like you're a bit of yeah. juice I, mean, I,
1: I I'm a juice guy. Maybe I'll just do one of those juice cleanses and fucking, <laughs> I don't know about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: All right. We got, we got more to cover. I'm sorry. I hope you're still down. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time.
1: No, I think we're fine. Let me go uh, real quick. Let me ask if what, what? I think dinner's ready, but I think we're good.
0: Check in, check in. I have one, two, two-ish questions. That's a fair number. Cool, yeah, no, that's
1: fine. Susan's dinner done. Okay, we're almost done. Two more questions. Nice. Say hi to Say hi to Anthony.
0: What up, Susan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. My whole house is all smoky. It smells like Cuban food right now.
0: Oh, I'm so jealous, dude. What's that painting?
1: Oh, this is a painting by my friend Matt Hilvers. Uh, he's a skater from Chicago. He made this really epic cloud painting and. I bought it from him, and it says – it's got this embossed writing on it. It sticks out kind of. I can see it. It It says – it actually says, what if I can't see it? What if I can't believe it? Which is kind of tight. It kind of touches on what we were talking about earlier about, like – you know, what if I can't type situation, like, yeah, sure, it's great, but, yeah. I mean, who knows, I don't know, I'm no one to say what he meant by putting it on there, but I just like it, because,
0: that's how uh, you felt it, interpreted it, that's what's, true. do
1: yeah, it invokes some thought, and it's just, I like just having a big, pretty cloud picture on the wall, and it's huge, I always wanted to have a big-ass painting in my living room, because I think it looks like an art gallery, so, how are you not
0: watching Bob Ross, that's all I'm saying, I dude, get on it. each episode you watch this dude create like this little thing, and you know what? Why I think he's genius is because I think he just sat around, maybe smoking a lot of weed, just looking at these sceneries and taking them in to the point where he could just like he had the skill to replicate it on ev- on 300 shows. He just painting these epic sceneries. And he's talking like happy little clouds, and those are that your painting's full of clouds, bro. Just they're
1: they're happy clouds.
0: (laughs) You gotta put it on, dude. It's genius. You'll love it. I will. All right, all right. Back to the questions.
1: The questions.
0: All right, I got two, and these are fucking. I don't know which which one to ask first. One is I'll just go here, and I don't even care. Skateboarding in the Olympics. That's all I'm going to say. Do you have any position? How do you feel? What do you think about
1: that? Uh, I, don't, I, I guess I w- my first thing I would say is I don't care because yeah. I don't care if it happens. I don't care if it doesn't happen. I don't think it really matters. I don't think it will have some insane effect on – you know, actually, the only – the only opinion I have on skateboarding the Olympics – or it's not even an opinion. I'm actually excited to see how it, how weird it's going to get because <laughs> there's this the, – the theory – I mean my theory is that like, okay, like try, I was actually talking to uh, – Heath Brinkley sparked this in my head. Or Heath Brinkley's nice. like, you know, fucking great dude in skateboarding, smart guy. He's like a dude – he always he always provokes thoughts. So we always talk – every time I talk to him, it's like I, I come away thinking differently about something. You know, he's fucking really enlightened, dude. Yeah, and, Heath
0: is the man for sure. Every time I met him, like he was classic for sure.
1: Yeah, he's great and he he just brought up the fact that like when skateboarding's in the Olympics, like like China's going to be like this new market for skating where it hasn't been yet because once there's an Olympic sport there, the Chinese it seems like maybe they'll 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 start opening skate can- just the way they do it with a lot of the sports, you know, they'll have like a lot more desire to be involved in a sport where they can go be an Olympian and win a gold medal, you know, for their country. Yeah. So the way that I feel like there will there will be all these really man there there is in, in the States already there's manufactured skaters, you know, there's these kids who grow up in skate camps and skate schools and they're like destined to be superstars. But I think the Chinese will could possibly take that to like the next, next level when once it's an Olympic possibility for them to win a gold medal, I feel like they're going to open these crazy skate programs and like have these (laughs) kids since they're like three years old, you know, and it'll just be like so rigid, like so fucking like structured and insane and it'll just be so wild to see that if that happens. I yeah. don't, it, we'll see if it happens but well I, kinda, I think it'll be funny kind
0: of I kind of like um I kind of think the Olympics What'll like maybe what it'll do is it'll get a bunch of people into it and it will become super rigid like you're saying and structured and whatever, you know, to the point where like people hopefully will want something different, you know? Like, because every time something like that happens, like, you kind of, like, it gets so big, you're like, I kind of want something different.
1: Oh Yeah, it creates, like, a revolt. And, like, and I'll also say, like, the Olympics thing is pretty polarizing because some people are very much, like, no man that's not how skateboarding should be and it's like dude i hate that shit it's like who the fuck are you to tell anyone how their skateboarding should be you know you know why you love skateboarding and you go do it and you 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 support the things you support and that's fine like i don't give a shit why anyone skateboards or how anyone skateboards like i truly don't give a shit because it's like that's fine dude like fucking i don't and i don't even care like some people are like oh it'll get Millions more people skating. I don't want more people to skate. I don't want less people to skate. I truly don't care. It's such a selfish act to me. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm around someone and I can see, like, a kid having fun, like, that's awesome. Like, I do appreciate their skating. I appreciate my friends skating. I like to watch good skating. But ultimately, like, the reason why someone skates or how they do it, like, if it's not my cup of tea, I don't care enough to be bummed on it. I don't care enough to be like, I mean, I have in the past when you're young, you have, you know, your opinions are. And I'm still opinionated, too. You know, I'll watch shit and be like, oh, fuck that. But ultimately, no, yeah, and I don't want to lose that ever because, I don't know, you just like everything and you're that guy. But I think, like, I I do think that, like, I don't know, there's too much emphasis put on, like, this is how it should be. And it's like, dude, who the fuck are you to tell anyone how it should be? Like, you're not, like, I don't know, man, if if people want to work it. Being a gold medalist in the Olympics of skateboarding—that's fine. I don't care.
0: Yeah, the, and the thing is, like, if it's if skateboarding's for everyone, then everyone can have their version. And instead of getting mad at other people's versions, just focus on showing your version of it more and having yeah. other, find people that like what you like, and then you guys work together to show it and share it, and like focus on your craft and your expression, and like instead of tearing other expressions and ideas down, like that makes sense. Yeah, and
1: and I and it's like the it's like being mad for eating a food you don't like like Which oh, I get dude, it, man. what you fucking like you, you like cake with milk that's awful and it's like well, no, How fucking I fucking dare you <laughs> it's like well no i i don't like cake with milk so why would i care that you eat it because that's liar. not fine that are a liar you know, that <laughs> i want cake with milk i promise i'm gonna <laughs> eat it with pizza it's gonna be great oh um, no i think that people are you know it's it's a silly kind of way to go about it and whatever i mean everyone contradicts themselves sometimes i'm sure there's been instances where i've like been that guy and been like oh it should be like this but i think as i get older i like to just i i let go of that a lot more because it's like this skaters tend to be very idealistic about things which is yeah. cool you know it's good because it brings about change and it, you know their idealism is good but i think there's a lot of like entitlement that comes along with this idealism where it's like this is how things should be and this person should get this and I should get this. And it's like, whoa, dude, like you should get exactly what you have based on what you've done to get it and what's happened. You know, that's like, there's no real, that's a really bad way to be. You know, I, I see it a lot with like sponsor situations, you know, like I said it earlier about like Marty and Derek, like they should have had this. That was stupid of me to even say because it's like, oh, well, they didn't have it. It well, didn't what you're work.
0: Sa- what you were saying is you, you, knew the, you knew how amazing they were and how great and, and how epic they are and you want to see them – hit these pinnacles that are possible, you know? And sometimes That's, yeah. Sometimes in life, like, you don't, there's one cost in, you know? You don't
1: get the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And it's and that thing is, like, I was, I probably was as a, when I was younger, mad about things like that. But the whole concept of being mad about that or being like, well, fuck that guy. He gets paid this much by this company, but this dude's way sicker. And I could sit there with someone saying that and say, yeah, I agree with you. This other dude is way sicker. I think he is, I think everything he does is better, and I would buy something with his name on it. A thousand times before the other guy, yeah. but clearly the market's spoken, and he does something right, and people like it, and kids like it, or whoever it is. Like he has, uh, people like what he's doing. It's like you can sit around and talk shit all day on these like YouTube skate superstars, these dudes that are just like so far removed from our industry that are like fucking dominating you. They have these, they have thriving companies and like this kids love them. They have this whole world that like so many skaters in our industry don't even know about. <laughs> and it's a lot of it's really fucking kooky and weird, but also it's like, it works and it's what kids like. And it's kind of like, all right, well you can get mad about it and say like, that shouldn't be the way it is or whatever. But it's like, it is dude. those dudes are selling boards with their names on them. No one wanted to make it. So they made their own. And then mm. all of a sudden they're doing it and you're like, I mean, you can only be so mad if it's working, you know, yeah. like if, if it's it's giving something back to people and they're stoked and kids are hyped. and Well, being, so.
0: mad, being mad at that is just wasting their energy that they could have put into their good idea and their, you know, the hard work and all that stuff. So it's like oh the, yeah, the opinions only go so far, you know, it's like. And they, what's
1: funny is that's going to shape the, the culture. And then those guys talking shit before are going to end up copying that shit later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You are know, it's like – that's what's going to happen anyway. That's why it's funny because the dudes that are, like, influencing, you know, you're going to end up having to be in a place 10 years from now where it's like, fuck, dude. You don't point a camera at yourself and talk on YouTube, then, like, kids are – I don't know. If that, I hope that's not exactly how it is. I mean – but cuz i don't have a i don't have anything against that i do that for shit that i'm you know for work that i'm involved in you know and i i see the value in it and i see it's it's a cool thing to do and kids like it but i mean yeah that might just become the total fucking norm and well,
0: well you can only work with with the tools of your generation so if it used to be fucking you know dvds and magazines and now it's internet youtube audio experiences and you have to use totally. the tools
1: you have to use the tools that are um there you know so and and it's self-publishing. I think skating has this really funny, like, old-school skate mentality is really against the – con. it's funny because it's so, like, DIY and so rad and so, like, do-it-yourself. But it's also so quick to be like, whoa, you went ahead and put yourself out there? You didn't wait for someone to put you in a video or fucking put you in a magazine? You just made your own and put yourself on the internet? Like, you're a fucking kook. And yeah. it's like, well, wait, isn't this part of the whole DIY mentality of, like, do-it-yourself? Like, dude, if you're fucking – killing it and like no one cares but you're stoked on what you're doing and you just make a youtube channel and then clearly all these kids care yeah. so you're like oh i was right i guess i am doing something kind of cool and unique and there's value in it and but if the it's like skating's the industry is the all controlling thing like if you don't fucking do this like you gotta if we're not down for you then no one is you don't get and doing it yourself makes you a fucking loser and yeah. it's like I don't, it's not like that anymore and it's gonna get even further from that and i I don't know. I always think that's that's funny how that's been, because it's been pounded into our brains, our generation, and, like, I was so against that shit for so long. I remember I didn't have a photo show. I was, like, people would be like, you should have a photo show. And I was kind of like, well, I mean, if someone hits me up and wants me to do one, I'll do it, but I'm not going to, like, have my own photo show. Yeah. And I, for years, people would ask, and I wouldn't do it. And then I watched the Jacob Messicks, this kid who works for the Skateboard Mag, who, like, I hired when he was, like, 17 when I was still working there. And he's like, a great photographer, and he's really, like, He's just good at, like, using the tools of, like, social media and shit to, like, promote himself and do his thing. And I remember he had a photo show, like, after a year of shooting photos or something crazy. You know, he was so young and barely had shot at all. And he had a solo show, and he, like, promoted the hell out of it. And I remember being, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, this is so kooky, dude. What is he doing? Oh, this is so weird. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And he did it. And it was fucking really successful and he sold all his zines and he sold all his prints and like 500 people came and it was like this really big event um, (laughs) that he made for himself. And I remember just thinking like that, that, that was a a moment for me where I was like, oh, I'm kind of an idiot. I'm like the old cranky kook guy (laughs) who is like fucking, he's did something successful and I'm trying to pretend like it's kooky, you know? And I was kind of like, you know what? Fuck that. It's not kooky. And I was, I was proud of him and i was stoked for him and and i fully did my own show after that i like i organized and fucking put on my own solo photo show and we did it through phoenix am and like van sponsored it and a bunch of people and it was like a it was a rad success you know like we had fucking 600 people there and all the prints sold you know and it was like this really cool event for arizona skateboarding which is all i ever want to do you know do cool events for like that scene and it was just me getting out of my own head, you know, and getting out of my own way, getting ego. Cause it's funny. It's like, it's ego, like disguised as like humility, you know, it's yeah. fucking, you know, oh, I'm too like humble to do this for myself. Yeah. But you're like, just by thinking that you're fucking egomaniac. you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful though. I
1: love it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's fucking, it's cool. I don't know. It's a nice revelation to have. And I think it's helped me kind of, do the shit that I do, and it also helps you really get to the point of like, fuck it, dude. I don't give a shit. Like, there's probably a handful of people that listen to that story and are like, yeah, you're he's a kook and you're a kook. Fuck uh, that. And I'm like, <laughs> cool, dude. I'm like, so, uh so you get so tired of worrying about who's gonna think you're a kook. You're like, yeah, I am a fucking kook, man. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course I, like, yeah, that's fine. I am. I don't. We're not. We're
0: I was younger, I dealt, like, with a lot of, like, I was a kook, for sure, because I was always trying really hard, because, like, I grew up in, like, a crazy environment, like, my family life was fucking so rocky and violent, and I dealt with so much shit, and then I, like, couldn't focus in school, and, like, my life was, like, crazy, like, I had depression, and, like, there was, like, I didn't even want to be here sometimes because there was nothing good, you know? And, like, yeah. Then I found skating, and I literally just obsessed over skating. There was nothing like that. Even sports, like, I, yeah. liked, I liked sports. Like, sports were awesome, and I really liked it, but I never made the team. Like, I tried out for the basketball team, and I tried. I thought I did really well, and apparently I didn't make the cut. And, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, none of the team sports. And I had a bad attitude because I had dealt with, like, adult shit at a young age. So, like, yeah. I just, like, couldn't take rules and, like, I just, I don't know, then I found skating, and I latched on to that, and then, like, as I, you know, I was dealing with, like, where am I gonna live, so, like, I knew I had to, like, self-promote and share, like, I had to send out sponsor me tapes, and then, like, I always wanted to work really hard, and, like, like, get things done, and, like, because I always was, like, if I work hard, the inches will add up, and, like, good things will come, and, like, I'll have security and safety, and, like, all that stuff you know and uh yeah so I was considered kooky because like a lot of people they get into skating it's like super fun and I did too like I loved skating it was my savior, it was my fun some days it was hell because I was just unbalanced and I beat myself up with my board and then other days it was like eternal bliss it was just like it was that relationship I needed at a young age you know like I needed it because I was dealing with craziness and it was my escape and it could be whatever I wanted to be that day and um But I would try super hard, because I knew if I could get sponsored, I could, like, live and eat and do stuff with this money. Totally. When you're, like, it's not, I
1: don't know, it's really privileged to be, like, oh, that dude tries too hard. You're, like, yeah, because he has to. He has no, (laughs) there's no other option, like, for him than this. So, it's, like, why, it's fucking, and I, you know, I was privileged. I didn't have a rocky fucking upbringing. I had a really nice family life. You know, we are middle class. Everything was, like, pretty fucking easy for me. Awesome. And, like, my parents were rad and supportive, you know, and it was, like, I, so I – it was easy for me to become that guy who, like, looked at people that were trying too hard and be like, whoa, dude, they're trying too hard. Fuck that. And now it's like, no, dude, fuck, good for people that try hard and make it, like, for themselves. Like, there's – dude, you can think of a handful of skaters who have, like, self-promoted their way into a fucking career. Yeah. That have kind of invented sponsors for themselves via their own companies or via other companies they've approached to just get – you know, to do some stuff with. And those dudes, like – I don't know, I have a lot, like, so much respect for them, because, like, that's fucking hard, not only is it just hard to do, but it's hard to do while all the while everyone in your fucking community and your peers are talking shit on you, (laughs) and saying that you're a fucking kook, and, like, fucking, like, it's, like, dude, these, most of the time, really, way more privileged dudes, maybe, that are fucking, like, Being like, Oh yeah, fuck that guy, that was weird. You know, and I've been I've been the dude doing that and I hate that I've done that. And I still might do it sometimes, you know? Everyone fucking you know, it's not I've been that guy too.
0: I can't I gotta be fair, I've been that guy too. I was too cool at one point. But I was like safeguarding what I had. I don't wanna let people in. You're too cool and you judge shit real quickly. That's it. Skateboarders are very passionate like that. You go to a message board and people let out their, like, aggression because they're safeguarding what what molded them, you know? They're like, this is the expression and style that molded (laughs) me. It's the best. They
1: got pride. (laughs) That's what it should be, and you're like, if it was all like that, you wouldn't like it, though. You know, that's the thing. They like it because it's, like, obscure or it's the rarity or whatever. And, yeah, I I think that, I don't know, it sucks because I love skateboarding and I fucking love skateboarders. And at the same time, sometimes it makes me crazy and the way that you know skateboarders are us as a culture we've been like you know kind of we brainwashed ourselves into thinking all these ways and things that are I don't know kind of backwards and kind of like you know bad sometimes and unhealthy for us you yeah. know and I think that there's a lot of like self-loathing in skateboarders that I think there's it's something about skateboarding that draws people that are like that <laughs> see, you know see. have this like yeah this fucking thing where you kind you, of like, kinda, like I don't know, maybe it's people that just like there's so much self-consciousness, you know, and because it's such a solo activity, yeah. It's so based on yourself, you just become this fucking like self-obsessed crazy person, you know? <laughs> like you fucking like you you can, you know, and it's really you see it in certain people in skating, you know, that are just like fucking really so so self-obsessed to like and I don't even say that as like it's such a bad thing. Someone like Jim Greco, like I fucking love Jim Greco. Me too. And I love the, the new shit he's doing. I think he's rad. And I liked his fucking skate movie. But like, dude, he is like self obsessed to like a crazy point. Like, I think. Like, I mean, you probably hear that he probably hates me now, whatever. But like, I, I but I think it's awesome. It's kind of like almost beautiful in the way that he's so. He was so, like, self-obsessed that he painted this portrait of himself in the – he painted himself in his own light the way he he sees himself in this movie kind of that he made, and it was super unique and different and unlike anything that was out, and he made it the way he wanted it and didn't give a fuck, and I think that's really cool, but it comes from this crazy place of, like, self-obsession that I think skating can kind of, like – I can breathe or something. It's fucking-
0: I think it's because it's like creation. So like a skateboard is like a ball of clay. And then once you realize you can create with it, you can create a persona. You can create these tricks. You can create this lifestyle. And you put your energy into it. So you, your energy reflects into what you create, your
1: style and your, your trick selection and where you go and what you do. And, and it's you- all about you. You know what I mean? Like you say you, 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 you know, it's a, it becomes this me, me, me thing where like, it is – It's look out for number one. And, and so you end up thinking about all these things about yourself all the time, all the time. And it's like, dude, anyone who has to think about themselves that much will go fucking nuts because it's well, awful.
0: But to be fair, it's like when you're developing, you have to know who you are. You have to define. You have to figure out where you are so you can grow past that. So you have to find your fundamental needs first you because know? you're developing. You're growing. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you stand for or what you believe. You're just new into this world. So you got to like – try the fucking experience out and see what you are and see test yourself and define yourself so you can shatter those and grow past them you know and that that's everyone's ride you know so skateboarding is a beautiful thing to like that's why i always think bob ross is a genius because he paints he chose to put his effort in his his uh life force into beauty and painting and sharing that with his pbs show which is fucking sick i've watched every episode so many times just like you were saying about um 30 rock <laughs> yeah just loop it also no, s- and- skateboarders are also um apparently we're obsessive compulsive
1: <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot be. of addi- there's a lot of addictive addictive personalities involved you know a lot of uh I I don't know there I'm sure there's some psychiatrist somewhere who has like the profile of a classic skater you know there's some I've not I don't want I'm fucking playing dime store shrink today and you know it's, it's 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 fun to do but at the same time I'm sure there's some real qualified person who probably knows this or could know this and do a study or some shit and it's uh I don't know it, it's funny it, it's funny even talking like talking about self obsession I, get, I go off and I start talking with you and I'll get on a thought and go and I lose myself in it and just let it all out exactly how it's coming out. <laughs> and then I instantly have a regret and an anxiety afterwards of yeah. like, oh, fuck, what did I just say? Am I going to sound stupid? Like, oh, my God, there's going to be so many people that think I'm stupid because of this. Yeah. And then I just have to quickly revert back to like, oh, I don't
0: care. I have to not care. <laughs> It's a good muscle, to reflex, a lot. I that, the podcast has helped me with that a lot because I deal with that a lot. It's like you don't want to define yourself, and sometimes words fail you, you know. But it's only human, you know what I mean? Like, and it's good to test that muscle a lot. I do it weekly, you know what I mean? And sometimes couple yeah. times a week, and like, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's cool, man. But skating is very empowering. Back to that, skating is very empowering because it's creationism, and you can you can create like literally manifest a trick like Mark Johnson had the quote in the beginning of his trans role part you know what i mean like um and it's very true and if you get kids doing that at a young age it's amazing cuz it's like problem solving they want to do these tricks and they want to they have a vision and they want to see it happen and manifest it and they have to try all the wrong ways till they find the right way that works for them you know it's like an they have to experiment cuz it's Skateboarding is, like, almost self-discovery, you know? Like, I teach kids lessons, but really I'm just showing them how to find their balance, and then they just kind of take it off whatever direction, and I follow them and try to aid them in not making a mistake I made. But really, I'm just following them. I'm, like, learning and watching, and, like, I'm like, these guys are – I'm jealous. <laughs> I want to take kids again.
1: <laughs> For sure, man. It's it's spoken – it's all – it's it's that thing. It's like stoner stoner talk. You, get, you talk in a circle, and you're like – man, everything sucks, but that's why everything rules, and then you're like, fuck, why are we here, and then you smoke more and go to sleep, and that's, yeah. you know, I feel like skateboard, it, enthusiastic skateboard conversation sometimes, it just ends up in that circle, maybe all conversation just ends up no, in that, that circle, no, that's right? good, it's
0: full circle, I love it, <laughs> it's, it's good shit, alright, I got the next question, I know you have to eat dinner, sorry, we'll, end, okay. it, we'll end it here, um, I had a juice, I'm alright. That's nice, that's nice. If you had to fight one pro skater, I asked Leo this, I'm trying to ask everyone this, if you had to fight one pro skateboarder, it's a fake fight, I guess, but, or you have to, the, your back's against the wall, there's something on the line that you can't give up, and you have to fight a pro skateboarder, who would it be and why? I don't know, who's the smallest pro skateboarder <laughs> that I could just easily <laughs> P- beat up? <laughs> of Mulder, but he might be able to wrestle you, man, for real, he's that's probably
1: <laughs> who do i beat up so is this is this question usually do you ask, does it come off like for people like uh like uh oh this is who i hate and that's why i want to fight him well it could be for like...
0: whatever reason i like comical like comical's pretty good leo who did leo say oh god i can't remember now oh man no my you know actually cooper wilt said leo uh louis barletta because he just wanted to punch him and see his hair shake
1: <laughs> I oh thought that's, that's good hilarious. that's good <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if I, I don't like fighting, I mean, I. Just, I no one likes fight. Like, let's be fair. No one fight. likes
0: fighting. You don't want to hurt anyone. It's hypothetical. Uh-huh. You know what Leo said? Leo said, "Um, Josh Casper, just because the title on the ride channel would be hilarious. Leo Romero beat up by Josh Casper because he said he'd get beat up by him.
1: <laughs> that would be kind of tight. Yeah. My my first my first thought was Mike was Mike B. Just because the same reason it'd be funny to get beat up by Mike V. You know, just like it'd be classic like. Mike V, you know, he's the fighting guy and you can get beat up and
0: You wouldn't be surprised you see it and you'd be like, Oh shit,
1: Matt Price. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a chance, so it wouldn't even be like I would be just I would be like, Oh, maybe I got this. I would just know just to curl up into a ball and just take it, you know from So like my, my first
0: boxing match.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just get my trophy for getting my ass kicked like you got your ass kicked by Mike V. Here's your trophy. No, um, I'd want to fight, like, 2011, Current cables and Louis Lopez in, like, a tag team match. <laughs> both
0: because, of them at the like, same
1: time? Like, right, whatever right was when they turned pro, because they'd be pro skaters, so it would count, and they would both be really <laughs> little, and I feel like it would be sick, because I could beat the shit out of both of them, and I'd be able to beat up two pros at once, and, like, they would, just would be, like, they're tiny, so it'd be really easy. I could, like, you know that cartoon thing where you take two little guys and run them into each other? I would do that. So. <laughs> you might be a genius, Matt. Even though I really, I like both of them. I'm not, I have nothing against Louis and Corinne. Uh, so that, I don't actually want to fight them, but I just think it'd be comical to see this big, fat guy running these two little kids into each other over and over
0: again. Be, there's definitely been wrestling matches like that. Like, I can't think of any oh, off yeah. the top of my head, but there's been, like, definitely that scenario's played out, but not with skateboarders, you know?
1: Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure Butterbean did that to, like, the fucking Bushwhackers <laughs> at some point or something.
0: <laughs> Damn, man, I'm so happy you knew that re- wrestling reference.
1: <laughs> I grew up with wrestling. My dad's a big wrestling fan. But like, uh, he's like a... He's like a fan of wrestling in the way that it's like entertainment. Like he thinks all sports should be scripted. Like he's a huge he's a huge sports fan, but he just thinks that he was like, oh man, it's so entertaining. And he's like, I just wish that all sports had scripts because it would be hilarious and fun. And he like is a total like he's a wrestling fan on that level. Like he just thinks it's genius on how bad it is, you know?
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I don't. I've watched a little bit. It's definitely amazing. Um. All right, let me cross that off. Have you ever been in a fight yourself?
1: Uh, I got in a fight at the skate park once when I was 13 at the Wedge. Oh, I've been to the And that was my that was my park, and this kid kept being a dick to me. And I don't know. He was just, like, was fucking with me. And I just told this other kid. I was there by myself. I didn't have any homies there with me yet. And I was like, if this kid fucking – he did something. He was fucking throwing his board in front of me when I tried to skate something. He was just being an asshole. Bullshit. And And I, I was like, if this kid does that one more time, I'm going to fuck him up. Like, I told this other kid that, and then he did. And I just, like, snapped, and I – Tackled him and we fucking. I think I got like a punch or two in and we rolled into down the, the bank into the bowl and the fucking park ranger banned us from the park for the day. <laughs> it was funny.
0: So would you say you won?
1: Uh, no. I think it was like too much of a little kid fight. Like no one won. But you know what? There's footage of it somewhere and I don't know where because. I remember the next weekend going back to the park, and this older dude was like, oh, dude, you're the little brawler from last weekend. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, my buddy filmed that. He had, We were filming, and he filmed the whole fight. Wow. So, like, somewhere on someone's well, – maybe they're listening to this. I hope they are.
0: <laughs> I do too, dude. Your first fight could be on tape. I would love to see that. Yeah,
1: so that yeah. might exist. Dude, little me just getting into a fight at the wedge. Oh, that would be so sick. That's dreams, dream
0: case scenario right there. Uh, Word, well, I think we covered it all, man. We'll have to give some life, we'll let some life pass us, and then we'll do this again if you're down. Of course, man, I hope
1: fucking you can cut all this down into a manageable amount, we got a fucking, I talked a lot.
0: I don't know, you did it, you're really good at speaking,
1: so it makes for a really good podcast. Uh, I like talking, I think one day that'll be my retirement, I just want to talk for a living if I can get to the point where I can do that, that'll be... I'll be like an announcer and a, and a personality and just be that guy because that would that's the easiest thing for me. <laughs> you could be the Bruce Buffer of skateboarding at the Olympics. I mean, I, dude, I will announce the Olympics in a heartbeat, dude. I don't give a fuck. Nice. Like I, like I said, I don't care. I care if they want to fucking hire me to come talk about skateboarding. There.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Well, thank you, man. I'm super hyped.